sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Was Raymond a rookie that year? Second I think it's his second year. I think I had him on a fantasy team. I had Loudon Wainwright that there. Loudon Wainwright. <laughs> He's pretty good. Sure. For a guy named Loudon. This show doesn't have enough obscure references. That's our tag. More obscure than a Dennis Miller routine. All right, everybody, welcome out to the Logger Room. It is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. Jersey Johnny coming at you. And with me, as always, are Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. 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 How are you? Doctor. How are you? How is everybody on this fine day? It's Wednesday. Oh, it's... Uh, Does that mean anything yeah. anymore? No, I don't think so. Sure. Doesn't really, right? It means I have to put my garbage cans out. That's, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It does. That means um, I don't. I don't. No, actually, I have to put mine. I have to put my uh, garbage cans on Monday nights and Thursday nights. So I can put mine out tomorrow night. Oh, okay. we're in the same boat, you and I. There you go. There you have it. Um, when do you have to put your garbage cans out? That's what we want to know. Comment in and let us know when you have to put your garbage out. <laughs> yeah, we got to get a we got to get question a, of the day. a poll going <laughs> that we will not decide what it is until the opening moments Absolutely. of the show. Absolutely. That's, that's right. That's when we decide when what There's we, a lot of options have. though. Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. You guys Monday, do it Wednesday? twice a week? Wednesday, Saturday. Mon- that's another one. Wednesday, Saturday? Oh, Tuesday, what? Friday? Oh. Only yeah. in New Jersey do you do garbage yeah. twice a week. Come on. Twice a no, week. It, well, t- twice a week and then uh, every other recy- week. Recycling one day. Recycling a day, yeah, because I got my, my my recycling goes out Sunday night. I got to put my recycling out. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely gonna reel in the <laughs> the listeners. Yeah, if you're not a fan, uh, come on, then you're you going by now, Harry. You don't right. remember you grew up in the same town as I did. You don't remember. I do. I'm surprised there's recycling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing they used to recycle was the mare. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true, and I'm not in that town anymore either. So, uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk some sports. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. There's a ton going on. So let's kick it off with some football. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, jump right in with the Giants again. I'm sure they made very uh, made Harry very happy. Uh, winning, <laughs> it's two in a row. Two in a row. Yeah, they're on, the a, first... they're on a they're on a heater. They're gonna they're get, they're on, they're on a wet, path to mediocrity. Path to mediocrity. A four to five win season and no chance at the top draft pick. What did so. you say last week? The uh, their uh, it's like Groundhog Day. You got seven more years of Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but but here's the thing, and you guys are both Giant fans, so I'll ask you this question. Obviously, they're out of the Lawrence sweepstakes, right? It's gone. Yeah. So, gone. but you have to say they're getting better, right? They're playing better. Yeah. We think Joe Judge is a good coach that is probably going to stick around for a while. Sure. So if things seem to be improving, and I don't know, I'm I'm not the best judge of football talent or anything. I but all the quote unquote former player expert pundits say Daniel Jones has got the goods. Yeah. His turnovers cool. are down. He's starting to play better. It's starting to come together. Now I know Harry, you're not a big fan of Daniel Jones. What, don't think what, maybe that he'll what, ever what, be. What pundits are you listening to? Oh, I don't know. Some guys on the radio. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Steve Young, yeah. I believe, was one of them. Oh yeah, uh, and Rex Ryan was another one. Oh, uh, so Re- Rex Ryan, he, he definitely knows quarterbacks. Well, you know, I listen. He's, <laughs> he's a 
If Daniel Jones has one game where he throws three interceptions, Rex Ryan will be telling telling you that. In the grand scheme of things, I would hope that Rex Ryan knows more about quarterbacks than we do. I'm sure he knows more about it than I do. But my point is, they're getting better. Isn't that what we want to see? Or are you so locked in that he's just never going to be the guy? And, oh, well, you're right. We're stuck with him for seven more years. Yeah. Yeah, it's... They're off the respirator, but they're still in the hospital. <laughs> and they're waiting for the love vaccine. the analogies we got here. Yeah. I mean, they're getting better. They can't get worse. It's true. I mean, I guess they could. Well, they could get worse now. Yeah. Now they, they, can. You know, now they can get worse. They're a little better. Now they they're, can get worse. They're playing the NFC East, which is why they have a chance to win some games. Right. This is true. And is perhaps true. a division title. <laughs> Perhaps. True. I mean, I, they, you'd have to kind of consider them the favorite, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Dallas can't do anything without I, Prescott, with I, I, incredibly duty yeah. playing quarterback. And Philly went, you know, we keep saying, well, when Philly gets healthy, you know, when, when is that? Never. When is that going to happen? Yeah. I forgot to do this, by the way. Let me just throw this up. Here we go. Oh, let's get that crawl. Ooh. Look at that. What is that? Um, no, I got to figure out what that stands for. All right. You guys uh, talk while I figure it out. <laughs> But uh, right. no, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Philly's, Philly's not uh, what what they should have been. Dallas is just done. Washington is Washington. I mean, right now, you know, even stepping out as a Giant fan, I would say that the Giants probably look like they stand the best chance to win the division. But let's be let's be realistic. No matter who wins the division, they're losing in the first round of the playoffs. Well, you, you know, you know. I, I think it's between. The, I think the Giants and Philly are probably the yeah. the two favorites, just based on talent and how healthy both of those teams are compared to Dallas and Washington. Um, but, you know, this but, division... but, if you're, but if you're out of the first pick fishbowl, yeah. wouldn't you like to see him win a division? Even if it Why means not? who else think might have a squash. They might have a division. Might, yeah. well, but they might have a close game in the playoffs. Sure. Right. Or they could stumble into a win, depending on who they right. play. Not yeah. likely, but it could uh-huh. happen. But even just getting there, I mean, that's, you've got to look at some improvement. And again, I, I agree. There is kind of that, downside but yeah. well, what, what I mean, do i know maybe daniel jones will be good enough you know maybe he could be alex smith good yeah or maybe I mean, better i mean they, they talk about what a great athlete he is we know he can throw he's just well, he's he's obviously you know, learned how to run i think it was just, knows how to run. With, with, at least yeah. learned how not to fall <laughs> maybe, well. maybe that's what i mean uh, that's the improvement is that he made it to the he end ha- zone he hasn't tri- well maybe that's why steve young likes him there you go. Yeah. So, what, we, you know, what, we real, what we've realized is about 50 yards is about as long as he can run. So <laughs> the 85 was just way too yeah, much. Yeah. He, only tripped, too much. he tripped it around 50. So yeah. when, it, it was, when they're at their own 48, then you don't right. really want to call the option. You know what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait till we get on the other side. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Let's do it I, I mean, look, I thought the idea of Joe Burrow playing for the Giants was fantastic. I, I still think the idea of. Trevor Lawrence playing for the Giants would be really exciting. Is Daniel Jones, you know, the worst thing ever? No, but he's how many how many quarterbacks in the league? He's in the bottom five, so that's who you have as your quarterback. Okay, and and if you're going to stick with them, you better get a really great defense, and you better improve the offensive line. You're saying he's in the bottom five of all the quarterbacks in the league, or the best? Yeah, he's in the bottom five of the good quarterbacks in the league because there's some not good quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he's one of them. He's in the top. He's in. He's 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 the top five worst quarterbacks starting right now in the NFL. All right. Taking into account people that have gotten hurt. 
people right. who's the actual starters in the NFL. So not you're, second you're, stringers. He's I think he's I think he's in the bottom five. Like, like you're 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 comparing him to like the uh, the backup in in Frisco and the uh, No, the I'm comparing stringer. him to the I just said I'm comparing him to the actual the starter, starters, actual starters in the NFL. That's yeah. what I was asking. Right. I got you. Oh, okay. I, I think he would be in the middle of the pack as a backup. I think yeah. he's I think he's a great backup quarterback. Gotcha. So you would you would you would be you would be a proponent of keeping him on the team if they were to get T Law. Well, I mean as as a as a, as a backup. First, as a first round pick, I don't know sure you're going to be able to afford that, but yeah. Six pick overall as a yeah. backup quarterback. Yeah. That's... When was the last time that happened? Right. Well, exactly. but that's kind of, that's a, that's a double-edged sword, right? Right. If you don't keep him, then you've potentially wasted that pick. If you keep him, they go, well, this is sixth pick. and But you don't have to keep him past, I guess, his rookie contract. No. But, you, <laughs> but again, you'd face that criticism. But if he's not playing, then what matter? What does it matter what pick he was? You know, it doesn't matter because by the time his rookie contract's up, the way the NFL is going, we're going to have seven foot three <laughs> quarterbacks, and they're going to run for 187 yards a game. Right. So, and, they, and they're just going to be well. What they're going to do is they're going to just line up a bunch of linebackers, not linebackers. Right. They're going to allow them to line up as a wide receiver, and yeah. Uh, yeah. one wide receiver, one running back, and a quarterback, and then eight other offensive linemen. Just yeah. to yeah, and then right. there you go. All right. So hey, well, so that's we'll, something to look forward to. That's interesting. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. All right. So the Giants. Well, I mean, look I mean it's, prove me wrong. You, you if if you're if you're an NFL team. Okay, right. and you're the coach or owner of an NFL team. With Daniel Jones, out of all the quarterbacks that are that are currently playing, including right. the ones that have been injured this year, would he be in your top twenty to to start on your football team? No, I, he might be in the top twenty. I might take him in the top twenty. I would okay. take him in the top ten. So no, there's, at least, the top there's 10, at least eighteen or nineteen yeah. people that are better than him. That's you all. Know, that, that's all yeah, I'm saying. That's that's true of a lot of guys. That's though. true of a lot of guys, though. I mean, that's. I that, mean, that's, once you, once how, you many get start, past, how many starters are there in the league? Thirty-two. Well, thirty-two. Yeah. I mean, okay. once you get past the top. So, so I would argue, I would argue that he's not even in the. I don't even think he's in the top twenty-six, twenty-seven. Yeah, I, I I think you know, I just that's my that's my opinion. Nothing has changed on that front. Yeah, he's he's played a little better. All right. Well, he hasn't, me, hasn't been awful. Right. But, let me let me reframe that question a little differently. Let's say the top what well, you're saying is in the bottom five. Yes. Is that your bottom five or six or seven? So let's like say that. the top twenty-five or twenty-six are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then, <laughs> I would, then, then, then I would start to consider that. Okay, I would start there we go. All right. There we go. <laughs> All right, so. so maybe that now, of course, that wasn't the position the Giants were in when right. they were drafting him sixth. But uh, you know, he's the best of the. Who would, would you take? Well, I don't. I don't the even best want to of ask. The worst. I don't even want to ask if you would take Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold. Let's right. mean they were both healthy in that situation. I take Darnold without a doubt. Um, I, I you know what? I own. I, I. I might disagree with you. How strange is that? Imagine that. Anyway. Um, well, you know what? I, time will tell. Right. I mean, how do we feel about Eli? As far as, as, far as QBR, we're, we're all Daniel Jones is is nineteenth. Right, right. No, I I know, I know. But he's, he's, but, he's, but, he's, but QBR wise, he's he's ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Garden Minshaw, Carson Wentz. I rest of, my case. He's ahead of them, and yeah. he's number one in run stumble. 
Right. right. Number one in run stuff. Well, where is he as far as uh, quarterback uh, uh, run running, rushing quarterbacks? I don't know. He's behind <laughs> Kyler Murray. Last he's I, averaging twelve. He's averaging 12, 12 yards a carry. Last I checked, and this stat could be different, but uh, <laughs> last I checked, he was number three uh, behind yeah. Kyler Murray and and Lamar yeah. Jackson. Okay. But uh, but but, but hey, you don't really necessarily want that. No. No. I no, mean, no, that's no, not no. by design. Not at all. So much as it is by necessity. But I think it's more intriguing to a lot of people in, in the NFL at this particular point as far as running quarterbacks go. So And and it certainly kind of sets it up for, you know, possibilities as far as the offense that you run. Again, not that you want your quarterback to run a lot, but right. the fact right. that he can, that is something you can build into an and, offense. And I and I think QBR is is not the best stat to judge people by because Ryan Fitzpatrick is number four. And last time I checked, he lost his starting job. Right. Yeah, he's number four, and he's and he hasn't played in three weeks. Right. So uh, that's yeah, just that's ageism not, at work. I that's you, all that is. Um, and, yeah. It's, all right. It's crazy. Well, I mean, just just. I mean, uh, I, I'm looking at a list of of 30 quarterbacks here, and there's only one person on this list that I would not pick over Daniel Jones, and that's Drew Locke. Well, I, you know what? I hope you wouldn't pick Drew Locke over Daniel Jones. I mean, that's it. I mean, I'm being completely honest. You would, you would pick Gardner Minshew over Daniel yeah. Jones. Oh yeah, really? why not? No, I mean, I, he's proven himself a little bit more. Way cooler name. Okay, so maybe there's two. I'll give you Minshew. Okay, so that's 30 quarterbacks. That's two. Okay, here's the other ones. You got Rodgers, Mahomes, Breeze, Fitzpatrick, Allen, Ryan, Prescott, Wilson, Carr, Murray, Tannehill. Maybe Tannehill. Okay, that's Bridgewater. Brady, Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, LeVar Jackson, Roethlisberger, Cousins, Rivers, Burrow, Newton. All right, I'll give you Newton maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay, so so now that's, what, three or four. Right. So he's 26th. Okay. All right. So my point is proven. There you go. Top 25 are well, gone. Me, You're taking Daniel Jones. Let me let me just let me ask this really quick and then we'll wrap it up. Uh I just 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 a question. How did we feel halfway through uh Eli's second season and how do we feel halfway through Phil Sims's second season? Um you know, halfway I mean, through Phil Sims' second season, I think I was still wearing footy pajamas. So I'm no, not you really... weren't. What was Phil's? When was when was when did Phil Sims start? You were almost seventy eight. He, he got drafted in seventy nine, so it would have been nineteen eighty. Okay. You, you were twelve years old. You almost was eleven. Yeah. So, I'm, listen, but... I'm wearing footy pajamas right now. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, I don't <laughs> that's, know. That's I, I can't say anyway. anything about I, anybody's <laughs> sleepwear habits. Yeah, exactly. I wear them to work, but that's well. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but in any event, uh, a couple and I'll of- answer your question. Eli's second season, he was better than Daniel Jones right. playing right now. Right. No, but I mean, yeah, it was quarterback wise. He was uh, quarterback numbers, actual, actual traditional quarterback numbers. He was better. Yes, he definitely was. But well, what, are we, as- what are we looking at? Untra- untraditional quarterback no, the, numbers? The, 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 the intangibles, the, 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 the running, the scrambling, the getting out of the pocket. In, not- in other words, was the attitude about him, the general attitude about him, hey, he's getting better. I think this kid's got something. Or was it, oh, I don't know. I just right. don't know. Yeah, I think the, I think Maybe the he's never going to make it. I think the attitude was this this guy's the future of this of the organization. Right. You know, um, and look, Daniel Jones has had a couple decent games where he's run, ran the ball. Right. He's no, you know, I, I mean, he's 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 no Kyler Murray. Right. No, of course he's not. No, you not know, Kyler he's Murray, not yeah. even an Aaron Rodgers. Is he a is he a Phil McConkey? 
<laughs> well, well, Phil McConkey didn't play quarterback. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, nice. I know. I, who's the guy? I'm, who's the guy I'm thinking of? I, Jeff, I know Ho- Jeff Hosteller. Hosteller, yeah. No, Hosteller, Hosteller, yeah. Hosteller. No, Hosteller won a Super Bowl. Hosteller is maybe you know quite possibly the single best single season quarterback change in the history of the NFL. The Giants would not have won that Super Bowl in 1990 if Phil Simms did not get Absolutely. Hurt. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. And, 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 Harry, you've heard me say this time and time again for the last 30 years. If, uh, if uh, Phil Simms does not get hurt in the Buffalo game, the Giants do not win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think the Giants get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, they, 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 lose, they, they lose the 49ers game in the championship. Yeah. And Hosteller went on to have, you know, a decent season with the Giants after that. And then, obviously, yeah. with the Raiders, he played. I mean, he got hurt. I hope Daniel Jones can be, can be that good. I just don't see it. And right. no, am I? I'm not. I'm not an expert on quarterbacks, right. but I, I just I just don't think he has except for the Daniel natural Jones. Ability. Except for Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at. I'm just looking at the facts. No, 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 no. You know what? You know what? You're right. But here, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I just don't want to be a homer and say and and wish for the best. It's like you know. Here's, it, here's what the pundits are saying. And here, I'm not saying what they're saying, but here's what they're looking at. They're looking at the fact that this is two games in a row now. I mean, he's, he's obviously done something, knock on wood, he's obviously done something about his, his fumbling. Um, this is two games in a row now where he hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, he's, he's moving around the pocket. He's, he's uh, throwing a couple of nice downfield passes. He's connecting some spot-on uh, connections. He's, uh, he's moving around the pocket, like I said. He's, he's, ru- he's running. You know, he had 60-some-odd yards. He was their highest uh, highest uh, yardage uh, gainer on the ground the other night or the other day. Uh, so, you know, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at everything. You can't – He was you know, accurate. He had a good game, yeah. but he threw for 244 right. yards in a league where people throw for 344. Four. And he has not thrown – he's thrown one touchdown in the last – so in the last three weeks, he's thrown three touchdowns and two picks. Right. No, I, I – so unless, he's playing better, but the jury's still in the last three weeks because he, he hasn't thrown a pick in two weeks. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah. He threw two though. Two though, three weeks ago. Yeah. 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 So. So and no, he, I, and, he, and he's I, he's like, played Washington and Philadelphia. Guys. I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Look, if I he agree. played Clemson. His QBR would go down. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying what they're what they're looking at is all they're looking at. They're not looking at his numbers compared to Eli. They're looking at his numbers compared to. I'm not looking at him next he, to Eli either. They're looking I'm looking at, at, at him next. I'm not looking at him next to what all of the other quarterbacks in the league are doing, including the ones. And I'm also looking at the potential of the ones coming up behind him that we're now not, never going to have a chance to get. But right. if, you know, but they're looking at his numbers compared to him. Compared, well, to, yes. looking, yeah, that's what they're looking at. Yes. Um, you, know, you know what? Time will tell. Let's see what let's see what yes. plays out next week and the week after. Well, next week they're they're not going to lose next week because uh, they're uh, yes. they're uh, not they're guaranteed to not they're lose. guaranteed to not lose yeah. this yeah. coming week. So, a um, couple interesting things about the Giants too before we move on from them. Uh, uh, what Mark Colombo, offensive line coach, got fired today. Yes, uh, he was he was let go. He's relieved of his duties, so to speak. Uh, apparently, there was a heated confrontation, as the story goes, as I've read and was explained to me. Uh, Joe Judge wanted to bring in Dave uh, DeGuglielmo. Uh, he was uh, actually the Giants' offense assistant offensive coordinator, assistant offensive line coach, rather. Sorry, um, back in '04 through '08, which was a decent time for uh, Giants' offensive line too. Um, he had, you know, he was part of that. He wanted to bring him in. Uh, he actually interviewed him in the off season uh, with Colombo, and Colombo got the job. But he wanted uh, Joe Judge wanted to bring him in uh, now to assist 
Mark Colombo, and apparently Mark Colombo was not too happy about that. So apparently it was a heated confrontation. Rightfully was, so. There was a report on the uh, uh, word on the street was that there was actually uh, fisticuffs uh, between uh, Joe <laughs> Judge and Mark Colombo. I would have liked to have seen that, but uh, yes. the Giants have uh, since downplayed that uh, report. Of course. Uh, but either way, Mark Colombo has been relieved of his nudies. His nudies? <laughs> His well, that too. His, that was the real reason. That was the real reason. It was, it was an early festivist. They had their airing of the grievances. Exactly. And, uh, uh, so the so the new offensive line coach is Dave DiGuglielmo. So Say that five times. Fast. Dave DiGuglielmo. All right. Well, listen, this will be a second chance for Joe Judge to get this decision right. Because we'll obviously the first one was not. Obviously the first by one his was own not. admission. So well, Mark Colombo got uh, was brought over with uh, Jason Garrett from Dallas. So mm-hmm. that's where. Uh, that's where I mean, if one if one thing you could say about Dallas almost for the last twenty years is that they've always excelled at the offensive line. Right. So yep. let's see. Definitely. So let's now, the, so that. now the guy that came from that is gone. Is gone exactly. <laughs> um, and another uh, another uh, quick, interesting uh, little tidbit, too. Uh, remember DeAndre Baker? He was uh, one of the Giants' first round, three first-round picks last year. Sure. Uh, de- decent rookie. Looked like he was, uh, looked like he was definitely part of an uh, upstart of the, uh, in the uh, defensive uh, backfield, uh, secondary, rather. Um, and he was uh, let go uh, this season because he was arrested in Florida and uh, was coming up on charges for uh, robbery, uh, armed yep. robbery. Uh, well, uh, apparently now he well obviously since he's not a giant anymore, he was cleared of all of those charges and he just signed with the Chiefs. <laughs> what do the Chiefs have a roster that's bigger than everybody else's? Apparently, he uh, was actually in all fairness he was signed to the Chiefs practice squad. Okay, so uh, you know he'll, uh, he'll I'm sure he'll find so a way into a if game. If somebody gets or... hurt or give him a couple of weeks and he'll exactly be to... he'll be yeah well yeah right he's... somebody made up the story about him. Was completely is, is that it was com- it was, that I heard it was, it was completely complete. fabricated. Yep, and it's taken him this long to clear his name. Yep, but of course the Giants, as as pretty much with every other team, you're guilty until proven guilty. Guilty until proven. Anything. And so they cut him loose. Yep, just see you. Goodbye. He hired Rudy Giuliani, and all is fine now. He's he, he <laughs> did a brief stint at the Four Seasons Landscaping, and now he's on the Chiefs practice squad. This is the third podcast in a row that Four Seasons Landscape has made his way into. <laughs> <laughs> anyway and uh, yeah. our podcast is brought to you by, by four, four seasons, seasons landscaping. landscaping for all your landscaping and press conference needs four <laughs> seasons landscaping uh, they don't know it but it's brought to you by them it's brought to you by them yeah. get yourself from pete some pete moss and go next door and get yourself something else it's only a buck a basket <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh but in any event uh yeah so that's the uh, that's the giants news for today the uh, giants report that's the Giants report. Let's move on to the Jets. What do we have to uh, what have to say about the Jets there? All right. Uh, well, uh, I know just, you wanted to say something there. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember what it was. No, I just the Jets um, were off last week, so there's not really a lot to talk listen, about. Listen, I, I don't think there's any way that you could say there's not a plot <laughs> to <laughs> just wallow in uh, horrificness. Um, but they sort of, as the Jets usually do, shot themselves uh, in the shoulder this time. Uh, you know, when Sam Darnold originally got hurt and it was, you know, he was examined and then it was kind of like, oh, well, he can't get hurt any worser. But, you know, that's never true. Right. He can always get hurt worser. And so then that happened a month later. Uh, but the problem for them is that, um, you know, Joe Flacco might actually give them a better chance to win games. And he certainly has no re- – he doesn't want to tank for Trevor Lawrence. He Joe Flacco wants to get a job exactly. next year. So so he's going to go out and 
And oh, uh, they, have they've it. got their right, right. I mean, he's he's gonna you know he's gonna want to do this again, right. um, and probably not as a backup for Trevor Lawrence. So he's got something to prove, and they've got their full receiving core, and uh, the Jets once again sort of put the inept in ineptitude. Yeah. And uh, I know Mr. Gase said he expects Sam Darnold to play again this season, but that doesn't mean anything. We don't we don't really know what's going on there. So no, not at all. But you'd think they you know kind of want to bring him back. But he says, well, now I'm not coming back till I'm 100. percent Well, really, that should have kind of been the thought process in the first place, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you think that would be? You, you would know, think don't don't come back and yeah. uh, before you're actually ready, and then of course he gets thrown to the turf, which could have, even if he wasn't injured, that could have caused an injury. But so uh, they're just, I mean, they cannot do anything right except lose, which in this case is the the one thing that you want. Right. Uh, But they may end up blowing that in the coming weeks. Well, yeah, of course. But, and that that would be very Jets-like. Because, say it with me, they're they're the Jets. That's the Jets report. And that's the Jets report for this week. The Jets report this week has been brought to you by Sam Darnold. (laughs) Jets report this week has been brought to you by Prozac. For all you Jets fans out there, get a bulk pack. Ritalin, I think, is more like... uh, Ritalin, yeah. (laughs) Jack Jack Daniels, helping you get through Jets games since 1968. Even better. Brought to you by... uh... By a sleep mask and noise canceling headphones. That's right. So once the kickoff starts, put them on. Uh, when they kick the ball off, put them on and don't take them off for three and a half hours. That's, Make sure you get maximum enjoyment out of the Jets. Enjoy game. every minute of it <laughs> by not listening to it. By not watching and not listening. <laughs> All right. So what uh, what what happened with some night games? I mean, let's let's go back to last Thursday night. Uh, what uh, what happened there? That was uh, that was an interesting game. It was a pretty uh, pretty great game actually. Yes, you picked that one correct. No, I'm not even talking about my pick. I'm just talking about the game. It was a pretty good game. No, we know you're picking the game. Well, I I don't know. Was it? For the Colts, it was. Well, for the Colts, it was. <laughs> I mean, they doubled them up, right? Was that yeah. 34-17 was the 34-17, final? 34-17, yeah. And, uh, yeah, not um, – well, we'll get to the picks later, but we'll get good week for later. you. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> The coin's still over five hundred. The coin is still over five hundred. And uh, imagine that. Yeah. But um. But yeah. No. No. It was. It was a pretty good game. I mean, I honestly, I expected the Colts to do that. I, not well. Not maybe not that. I expected them to win. I expected it to be a good game. I didn't expect the Colts to walk away with it like they did. But um, it was uh, it was just typical, uh, typical uh, uh, Philip Rivers. I mean, you know, he's he's they they win a game, they lose a game. They win a game, they lose a game. They're they're right there uh, with in, in that division. Uh, I don't. I'm not writing it off that it's the Titans' division. I I think the Colts can still win it. You know, they're they're right there with every other team in the NFL who's really good one week and really really bad another. Which seems to be I mean, shit, shits their pants the next week. Yeah, if we've what? learned anything, it's that it's like these kind of losses or whatever you know, or these games where you really expect one team to win or you fairly expect one team to win. Right. It's a crapshoot. This it season really is. is just, you know, it's not like, oh, they they lost to a team they shouldn't have lost to, and it was kind of a fluke, and they probably won't do that again this season. Right. Uh-uh. Two weeks later, it kind of happens again. Yeah. And we go from, you know, break it down into the first four weeks to the next four weeks and who was looking really good and who was really looking bad, and the whole thing is flip-flopped. Right. And I don't think there's really – I mean, well, there's a couple of teams that you could say, well, we, we know they're really, really good, and they'll be there at the end, but – Sure. Only a, only really a few 
in my estimation, everybody else is subject to potentially having a couple of those bad weeks where they're losing to teams they should they should beat, or those teams that weren't so good or beating teams that you wouldn't think they would. It's anything truly anything goes this season. It's it's crazy, yeah. and I mean, and that that that's even part and parcel to the Sunday night game too. I mean, did you did did we really expect the uh, Ravens to lose the way they did to the to the Pats on Sunday night? Not to the Patriots. I don't think I don't think any of us did. <laughs> no, and and the Ravens are one of those teams that I I don't think they have quite the same magic in them that they did last year. No, they definitely don't. It's um, not the same thing. And and Belichick game planned against them, and certainly he did some things that took advantage of the weather. But I mean, this is the Baltimore Ravens. If if, if any team can win in crappy weather, it should be the Ravens. Should be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, I, look, they're not the same team as they were last year, and, and Cam Newton isn't the same quarterback as he was the week before either. That's just right. no. Was, and I was, I was talking about Baltimore. You know, they. Yeah. I mean, they're where's their running game? Right. Yeah. If oh, it's yeah, not true. Lamar Jackson, you know, they who who are they? Who's he handing off to? Yeah. Who is true. going to, you know, freeze those linebackers that was going to cause play action to make anybody think that they're actually going to run for a second? Take that element out. Yeah, and then it's well, either he's going to run or he's going to throw, and you know it gets a lot easier to kind of stop them, and then you shut him down, of course. Mark and Andrews has been what he's been this, uh, in the past this year. Uh, he was yeah, kind of I mean, like you, the you, top three in the top three tight ends, and he hasn't even been in the top ten this year. Yeah, so you you're know, you're taking options that. away from him, and yeah. and you know he's not a one dimensional quarterback, but his strength is not dropping back in the pocket and finding somebody open and and throwing. Right, and throwing yeah. downfield. So, you know, not that it's easy to beat because they're still a heck of a team, mm-hmm. and he's still a, a heck of a player. But again, doesn't have quite the same weapons around him. And I don't care how good you are under center, if you don't have weapons, you're you're only going to go so far. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what? I, I it's it, it's it's crazy. Like you said, it's 2020. It's, it's it's really 2020. And, and, you know, specifically speaking of the Ravens, though, they're definitely, like you said before, Harry, they're not what they were last year. Uh, that, that magic is not uh, where where they were. It's just not. Yeah, well, and, everybody kind of figures out, right? Yeah. When you get a, a player like that who comes into the league and tears it up, well, tears it up now well. everybody is gaming against that. That, yeah. At least that to start with. And then we'll yeah. and, go you know, from there. Go, up from and, there right, yeah. Especially against a guy like Belichick. Who, sure is understanding obviously that his offense is not going to bail him out most days. Right. And right. that he doesn't have a great defense either. So he's going to have to really yeah. make, make the most of what he does have. And that's yeah. what he does best. They ran it. Th- they ran it 39 times for 173 yards and they didn't even win the battle of time of possession. Baltimore still had the ball more, but yeah. by doing that, they kept the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands just enough to squeak out a victory. And, uh, Look, don't count, don't count New England out in the NFC East. It's it's crazy to say. Can't count a, anybody out anywhere. Well, I yeah, mean, rare exception. There was, there was no the scoring. There was no scoring in that game in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. It was, right. it was just all the scoring was in the second third quarters. Was it? But uh, yeah, it, it was it was just crazy. And the fourth quarter was this deluge. I mean, it was just a downpour. It was buckets of water coming out of the sky in the fourth quarter. So. But, uh, Old time yeah. football, exactly. And then the uh, the the Vikings Bears game, uh, you know, on a uh, Monday night. I mean, you know, it it seemed that the uh, Vikings were up uh, for a while. They were rolling away with it, and all of a sudden, they 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 pulled a uh, you know they tried and tried and tried as hard as they could, but despite all their efforts, they still won the game. 
you know. Yeah, well, I think, I think Chicago got – did they get no offensive touchdowns? They got a defensive touchdown in that they game, They got a right? de- defensive touchdown and two field goals, yeah. And two field goals. So, yeah. you know, uh, look. Uh, no, special teams touchdown and two field special goals. Special teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it wasn't the offense, but – It was a 104-yard run back from Devin Hester the second. Yeah. So Chicago's lost four in a row, right? They're five and five. Five and five. Foles was carted off the field. Uh, yeah, he would, may not would, be back, and even if he does come back, he I don't know what his status is, but I don't even he know doesn't seem was. to be the he doesn't seem to be the answer in Chicago. No, and no. we know the coach doesn't think Trubisky's Trubisky the answer in either. Chicago. No. Not at all. Um, and we've seen the Vikings uh, with a guy who can run the ball and extremely well uh, turn into a much better team. Yep. And we, I think, early in the season, we said, "Yeah, the Vikings aren't as bad as their you know one and four record or whatever it was." And they're kind of proving that. And Chicago doesn't seem like they were as good as their five and one record. So and you know, it's funny things about are Dal- evening out in those in those respects. Absolutely. You know, what's funny too about the uh, about Dalvin Cook on uh, on Monday night. It seemed overall watching the game, it seemed as if Chicago had his number and he wasn't getting the yardage he had the weeks before. And he and it's true, he didn't. But he had almost a hundred yard game. Right. 30, 30 carries. Thirty. Yeah, it was three point something. Three point two yards a carry. Yeah. But, right. but still, the fact that their offense is on the field and he's getting those carries, and at least sure. he's getting something out of it. Right. You know, and and if you're Chicago and you don't have a a, a kind of a, a, a an offense that can rack up big chunks of yardage, sure. Then yeah. you're going to need to be on the field more opportunities, and right. the more and plays in each drive, the more chance to fail in each drive. Right. So, and, Min- and, and Minnesota had the ball twelve more minutes yeah. than Chicago, which is big. I mean, is, that's a couple of decently long drives, or you is. know, one very long drive. Right. And Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had a great game. I mean, it was 135 yards on eight, on eight, eight receptions. Eight, eight receptions. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. And, and you know, I heard a couple of guys talking the other day on the radio, and they were going, you know, who was the last great Chicago quarterback? Uh, uh, let's let's say since I, I think well they I I guess <laughs> I I, I want to say they might have mentioned McMahon. <laughs> I mean he's just because he there down. was win- yeah. right just because there was winning involved and they were like like who's been there since then like who's the best since then and I they came up with Jay Cutler. Yeah, well I mean Cutler and was I a thought it was quarterback he right was no but not that he was good but the point was he's the Jim best. Harbaugh. He's the he's the best quarterback Chicago's had. Yeah, since sort of. Like, yeah, yeah, and they're like, well, how do you expect to win? I mean, well, Chicago's, Chicago's always, always right. They've always known. They've always been known for defense, right? Yeah, it's a defense and a running game. That's that's Chicago, right? But so, the league's yeah. just not that anymore, and has progressively right. become less and less that. You know, but then they have not adapted. Right. Look, and I say it's Harbaugh, and, and I, I, I was right. I mean, Jay Cutler's through, with the with the Bears. Threw for 23, over twenty three thousand yards, and in one hundred and two games, Jim Harbaugh threw for you know the next closest guy is Sid Luckman under fifteen thousand, and then Jim Harbaugh and Jim McMahon. Yeah. So I mean, but I, I yeah Rex Gross Rex Grossman. Yeah, Kyle well, Orton, like looking I mean, at the looking at the level of success though, I think yeah. is what they were. You know, Jim, well, um, Jim Harbaugh had Jim Harbaugh had some. I mean, obviously McMahon is the only one to bring him a Super Bowl. Sure, but but that certainly wasn't. I mean, he was a big part of that team, but he wasn't lighting it up necessarily. Yeah, right. But uh, you know, Jake Jay Cutler number Jay Cutler's number wise 
He had some big numbers. Not as bad. No, I and he just I think got more of a bad rap because of his face, right? Than, than anything else. He I also mean, he also was... had a sixty-two percent completion. You know, I mean, it, he's no it's, Chad it's, Pennington. No, he's he's, <laughs> he's no Chad Pennington. <laughs> he's no. He's, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, no my Cameron. point my point is that you know they the the guys running the Bears making the draft picks haven't really done them any favors. And, right. and it was also mentioned yeah. they traded up to get Trubisky. So, you know, yeah. speaking of ineptitude, they traded they, up to they get, have, they, didn't they pass up on Mahomes too to get Trubisky? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah, they, they you know, yeah. they screwed the pooch on that. But yeah. over the years they have not, over the decades now, they have not done Chicago fans or the no. team any favors as far Absolutely as not. bringing in, you know, the most important player on the field or, you know, the toughest job in any pro sport in the world. And they haven't done a good job of a bringing somebody in and b necessarily surrounding with the right talent. Right. So you have you have reason to be uh, angry if you're a Chicago fan. This is true. This is true. You do. You do. Who's well, who's going to start this week for them? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I mean, well, Trubisky was uh, was just out. I mean, he might have been able. He might be able to come back. This I week. think he's able to come back, and or they'll get. Uh, Tyler Bray is who came in for. Uh, Tyler Bray came in, oh. and uh, yeah. Who was the guy that the Jets had last year? Was it Fails? His name was Fails <laughs> or something. Perfect name. <laughs> Put him in there. And and now yeah. for the Jets, starting at quarterback, Epic Fails. Epic. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's it's Eric. Eric. I'm sorry, Eric. Eric. I thought, I thought it was the T. Either way, the, his nickname uh, is Epic Fails. Mm-hmm. But his Eric, real name is Eric. Eric Epic Fails. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, actually, the Jets are they're they're forfeiting. They don't even want to. They don't even want to try. Take the game. It's all yours. You're good to go. <laughs> uh, you just see him over on the sideline praying. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think either of these teams make the play. I mean, Minnesota has a chance, but. This is obviously Green Bay's division to lose. Yeah. And, well, Green uh, Bay's the number one team in the NFC right now. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, and uh, you've got to consider the limitations and, of Kirk Cousins until right, he right, proves right. otherwise, although he did get the Monday night monkey off his back. but Finally, yeah, and after nine, yeah, nine. You know, nine he has not lived up to his contract. No, he, he hasn't, but he had a pretty good game. And he's had some great games. Yeah. Through, through he was at the end. I of mean, it. he's in the best. He's on a team right now that is the perfect match for him because they yeah. can control the ball. They can run it. They don't necessarily need him to throw it, you know, fifty-five yeah. times a game. Although he threw it thirty-six times, right? Which I guess yeah. is a, just slightly over average now. <laughs> that was the right place for him to go. It just yeah. took a it couple years out. to kind of get yeah. to. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could say, you know, the last couple of years they've sort of been on the on the cusp there. Yeah. So that was the right decision. And they seem to they I mean, seem to be the nemesis of a lot of other teams in that division. Yeah. yeah. He's certainly glad that he's not uh in Washington. Well, speaking of the teams in that division and well, why uh, Washington wasn't too far off from winning last week. Yeah, but they wouldn't have done it with Kirk Cousins. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Smith would would he throw it like eighty times for <laughs> anyway. yeah. yeah, no, you're right, he did. But, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating uh, but, and, a little bit, but not much. Well, I mean, you know what though? I mean, the Matthew Stafford though. I mean, you know, he was he was going toe to toe and and came down to that field goal. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it would have gone overtime anyway, right? You know, if he missed the field yeah. goal, yeah. So, but uh, in any event, 
um, uh, getting back to the uh, what I was going to say about the Packers, though. I mean that that was, you know, there there you go. There's your Gardner Minshew, uh, Harry. Uh, yeah. Just uh, standing toe to toe with the Packers. I mean, was that? Let me ask you both a question. Do you think that was more the Packers just you know losing their minds and playing down to the competition, or or was that the Jags actually saying, hey, you know what, we actually are a decent football team. I Look mean, what we can do against the Green Bay Packers. Other than the San Francisco game. Have the Packers and the Falcons, I guess, have the Packers really just beaten up on a team they're supposed to beat up on? Not really. No, you know, I mean, they they've scored a lot of points in their wins, but, but this was the this was the only real nail biter. Other than the games they lost, obviously, yeah. this was the only real nail biter of the games that they won. Well, they only won. Uh, oh, that's right. They lost to the Vikings, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. Maybe sometimes they just kind of. Um... They, they maybe they just don't go all out. They figure they're going to win, or they figure, well, if if something bad happens, we can kind of turn it on late in the game. I um, mean, you know, sort of the way Kansas City does, and maybe that just right. doesn't always work out for them, and you end right. up with a with a close game like this. Yeah, you know, they're counting on a a burst that just kind of doesn't appear. I mean, they they they, sh- they could very easily go fourteen and two. L- listen to the rest of their schedule. They have the Colts. They're at Indianapolis, which is going to be a little bit of a tough game. Then they have the Bears, the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, and the tight the Titans and the Bears again. Right. I mean, all right, let's say they lose one of those, maybe the Titans or the Colts, thirteen and three or fourteen and two. They're that's probably going to get them the best record in the NFC. I would say the only the only game that uh, on that list that's there that is going to be a tough game is the Colts. And that's this weekend, right? If, if, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, you know, and they might they might completely turn around and uh, and look at us and say, or not look at us and say, but they might turn around and 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 you know blow them out. Uh, you know, put the Colts and then lose and then lose to the Bears and then lose to the and then lose to the Bears. Yeah. Right, exactly. With with Trubisky or 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 Bray in, you know, at at, uh, at quarterback. Yeah. Um, but. Hey, you know what? It, it's 2020, and and the same holds true for pretty much everybody in in the league. Aaron Jones has, I mean Aaron Rod, not Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers has as much talent as he's had in many many years around him right now. I think the key to Green Bay is their defense, which is not bad. Is is their defense holding up in high scoring games and being able to get the ball back in Rodgers' hands so that. They give him a shot to win these close games coming down the stretch right. in the right. playoffs, and yeah. and I think I think Green Bay is positioned to do that. I think they are. I think they are. I, you, you talk about the defense. I mean, they they lost two guys to uh, to the Giants what, between uh, Martinez and Fackrell, and 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 they're they're playmakers for the Giants. So I think their defense is a little weaker than it was last year, yeah. but it's still good. It's, it's still it's still sufficient, and yeah. I, I think they're. But, I think right now, you know. I, I, I said they were neck and neck with Seattle. I don't I don't like what I'm seeing with Seattle for for the last few games. And maybe they turn it around. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But this week this week will will be a big test for Seattle. Tomorrow night's game is definitely yeah. going to be a huge test for Seattle. And, and and you know, part of me wants to say, and we'll go into it with our picks. But part of me wants to say this is the game that you expect the Cardinals to win. But this is a game that I would not surprise me if Seattle bounces back and, right. win, and wins at home. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of wondering if you know was Seattle really that good early on, or maybe teams were just not 
that good and they're kind of catching up now? Right. Are they kind of going through a little bit of a dead period here and will they sort of it's, rebound it's, it's their, and get better the last their, couple games? It's their defense. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I always oh, thought that people talking about how, how powerful the, the Seahawks offense was, was was a little bit off off base. I, I think they're good. I don't think they're in the league of the top. I don't even think they're in the top five or six offenses in the league. Right. Yes, Russell Wilson and the games on the line can do things that other quarterbacks can't. Right. It all, it's all going to come down to can they use the, the, the personnel they have on defense right now to be able to game plan to, to, to just keep them close? And I think that's really the key. Their, their defense has given up a lot of points. They are, they are, and that's and that's their downfall. Obviously, is their defense. With the, what what happened with the Bills the other week, that was crazy. The way they played that game, I was shocked that that was Seattle that was on the field. But the, the Bills are a team that the ball bounces one way last week and a couple of weeks ago bounces in, uh, another way. We're talking about the Bills being in the top four or five teams in the league. Yeah, and they still yeah. might be. Yeah. And speaking of the top teams in the league, let's go over to the Steelers. Are they for real? I mean, they, they, I seem, know. they seem they seem to know how to win, and Roethlisberger seems to be grooving in this offense. Four touchdowns after an in, coming off a, a game where he got hurt. Right. Yeah, I think I think they are for real. Are they, do I think they're better than Kansas City? No, but do I think they're better than any other team in the AFC other than Kansas City? But they're yeah. only going to have to beat Kansas City once, right? Well, you know, yeah, that's still a tall order. But as we've seen, it's not impossible. Well, two two years ago, the Pats did it in the A. Was that was that the AFC championship? It was the AFC championship game. Championship game. Yeah. Um, so I could picture. I mean, I think the Steelers team is as good. It's going to take Kansas City maybe having an injury or two, and maybe Mahomes turning the ball over in, in a way that he typically has not. Right. But yeah, the Steelers are a pretty good team. Yeah. Well, the Raiders beat Kansas City this year, right? Is that correct? They did. The um, they're good, and they, they they play again this week. And yeah. the Chiefs are not happy. I'm it's sure they're not. not. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's going to be a telltale. It's the Chiefs' only. Uh, it's the Chiefs' only loss. Well, and the Raiders did a supposedly did a victory lap in their bus. After yeah, the game. which is so uh, you know because the one thing you want to do is you want to motivate Kansas City. Yeah, you know, you they want, don't you, have reason. You're you right. Want, you you want to poke that bear, right? Well, and you, and you've already you've already given them motivation by yeah. ruining a perfect season for them. Right. So you want to you want to taunt them on top of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about the Dolphins? I was just going to bring that up too. They, they're going to probably win the AFC East, right? It looks that way. It really does look that way. I mean, I mean you know you what? Could, New England's going to have to catch up. New England's got to play catch up. The Bills, I don't know where they are right now. Are they are they down up down up? Where are do they? You have, going? Do you have more questions about the Bills or about the Dolphins? I have more questions about the Bills than I do about the Dolphins. Bills right have now. more potential, it seems. Bills definitely but have more are they, They're less consistent, it seems. Absolutely, and and so what the Dolphins can... are doing right now, I'm shocked that they're not one or two games ahead. I mean, what if the Dolphins are? Good. I mean, the Bills are off this week, right? And the Dolphins are playing. The Dolphins win this week; they're tied, and and the Bills have the tiebreaker because they had won the one game against the they won the first game against the Dolphins already. But they're both seven and three. You know, so yeah. I, I think I I've been, I said at the beginning of the season that was the Bills' division to lose. I still think it is. But watch out for for Miami. So, I think you're right. I I, I think if it's not for a ha- literally a hail mary, uh, we're talking about the Bills being eight and two and only losing to the Titans and the Chiefs. I, I still think the Bills are a better team. However, I think the Bills need to. 
find a way to win these these close games. They, you know, they didn't necessarily light up the Jets. They only won by three against the Patriots. It seems like the Bills are again one of these teams that kind of plays up to their opponent. Right. And um, yeah, uh, they only and they only beat the Miami by three back in week two. So yeah, I think I think they're really close. I, I still there's something about this Bills team that I think if they can just hold on a little bit more. I think that, I think that they can win this division. I think it's going to take a lot to go right for new England to bounce back and even have a chance. But I think if I had to pick a team, I still think Buffalo wins this division. Although I, Miami, because the, the other shoe has to drop at some point for Miami. Right. You know, the, the learning curve, the, the sort of growing pains, uh, have to show up at some point. It could just be a charmed season, though. I mean, they they might experience those growing pains next year. You know, yeah. right now, Miami, even though they're not leading the division, they're still in the wild card, so they're still they're still make, making the playoffs. So that still may happen too. Even if the Bills win, Miami still might be there uh, come playoff time. So, yeah, you know, we'll, and, uh, and we have to consider the fact that uh, I, I think I think you're right, Harry. You know, the the uh, the, the growing pains of being a rookie are going to catch up to Tua at some point, but we do have to consider the fact that maybe he's just one of those guys who comes in and plays really well, maybe not superstar well, but plays really well as a rookie. And obviously he did have uh, about half a season or close to half a season to sort of sit and watch and learn. And maybe that's all that he needed. I mean, he looks pretty good. And again, yeah, they're saying he's the real deal. So, Right. It's going to be very and, 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 they beat, and, they, and they beat the Rams, albeit that, I think that was he didn't play in that game. But, um, you know, they've won against three pretty darn good teams. I mean, the Chargers record doesn't really reflect it, but 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 beating the Rams, the Cardinals and the Chargers three weeks in a row. That's a that's a good run. Now, if the Chargers you know, had a better defense, the Chargers record would be different, well, too. And so. I think uh, I think it was the Chargers I, I, I saw last week. They've lost like. Four or five of their six or seven losses have been like four points or less or yeah, less yeah. than a touchdown. I think they've lost you know, their defense. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're it's, they're yeah. kind of you know right. They can't stop anybody like like so many other teams. They can't stop anybody on that last drive. But they've right. been in it and and uh, Justin Herbert's looking pretty good. I feel sorry for that guy because yeah. he's maybe maybe outplayed every other rookie in the league. You know what? Though? But, but be, being on a losing be, team, he's not getting that recognition. He's, he's, he's gotta be having fun though. I mean, he's a rookie and he's, he's playing very well uh, as, as well as, as any rookie quarterback you could, you could hope. Yeah. For. And, uh, and but, he's, you know, look at the guy that he's replacing too. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. An icon. You think that's, how do you follow him? How do you follow? Even him though he him? didn't really win the big one, but exactly. I think he's, he's, you know, nobody is going, Oh man, I wish we had river still. Even right. though they're not winning, I think. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure some people are saying that, but yeah. uh, it doesn't yeah. seem to me that's the general mood that everybody. Well, they're saying that out. now because of what Philip Rivers is doing in, in Indianapolis. But, but I would um, say Herbert Her- is doing just as well as Rivers, right. yeah. and, and, and maybe a little bit more consistently. Right. And if Rivers does what Rivers does in Indy at the end of the season. Then it's going to be, yeah, that's Philip Rivers. You know, if yeah, you can't Philip quite Rivers. get over the hump, they're going, that's Philip Rivers for you. Exactly. Yeah, have fun, Indy. Ha ha. You know, I mean, we got we got a hot young stud now. On the I just feel like right. watching Philip Rivers play for the Colts was like watching Brett Favre play for the Vikings. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't seem Not like the he's Jets, lost. the Vikings. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, the Vikings. Um, it doesn't seem like Rivers has lost much. No, not really. No, he really hasn't. All right. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we do some? Uh, why don't we do some picks? Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. <laughs> All right. Uh, quick recap of Week Ten. Jersey solidifies his lead. Oh, I'm sorry. Three and one. You picked Baltimore. So he went three and one. Good for you. Uh, the coin went two and two with wins with Indy and New England, losing with Chicago and Philly. Everyone lost with Philly except for Gianni. Uh, yours truly one and three. Yuck. And uh, Harry, you get the bagel. Oh, for four last week. That's a horrible week. Yeah, it's a bad week. So uh, let's see. So Johnny leads twenty-eight and seven. That's ridiculous. You're you're you're, you're getting professional advice. I'm sure. I think you're uh, twenty-eight and seven. That's ridiculous. It's the no five games the back. The over there is telling me who to. Who to that be. is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm five games back. Harry's eight games back. The coin remains one game over, ten games back of the leader. So everyone still pretty safe from the coin. Yep. Not me. <laughs> well, you know, it's a couple games. We've got a few we've got a few weeks left, so we got we got seven games next week to pick. So don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of four game weeks. So we got uh, three three Thursday games next week. So we got a lot of games next week. Yeah, it's so. hard to hard to get a swing if you don't have uh, if you don't have the full slate. All right, so um, tomorrow night is Arizona at Seattle, and we'll let Mister Big Shot twenty eight and seven go first. Why not? <laughs> We're gonna well, make you pick at first every pick. You're gonna make me pick first every pick. Just, are you? Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't do that to you. All right. Well, I, I, you know what? I would, I would definitely pick the Cardinals, but I think Harry's right. This is this is the week. You 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 think that the, the Cardinals would, are going to win this game, uh, but Seattle's home, and not that that's mean, meant a whole hell of a lot this season with nobody in the stands. But I think I think Seattle's winning this game. Yeah. Okay. Johnny likes Seattle. Um, Harry, you want to go? Or you want me to go? No, go ahead, Pete. I'm I'm, I'm contemplating. Pondering. This You're pondering. I'm pondering my inability to. Will yeah, pondering. I, I tend to agree with everything you just said, John. I think Arizona's on the come, as they say. No. Uh, they are getting hot and staying hot. I think Seattle. I think they're going to play better throughout the rest of the season, but uh, I don't think it'll be enough this week, even in Seattle. I don't think that really means much. So I'll take a. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals. Go for it. All right. Should I flip? I'll give Harry another second. No. Okay. Okay. If you want to do the coin, go for it. Okay. Well, hold on to the answer and let yes. Harry go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. All right. Uh, I don't know why. I, I'm gonna go with my gut. I, I, I everything I said. I think. I think this is. I think this is a do or die game for Seattle. Having said that, I just I think there's I think this is what Seattle is turning into, and I'm going to pick the Cardinals. It doesn't make any sense really, but there's I just I can see them winning this game. All right, All right. well I can too. All right, here's the coin. All right, I can't see it. Well, anyway, it's heads, so they pick Seattle. So pick Seattle. Coins with me. So Johnny and the coin once again together. Johnny right. and the coin. Johnny and um, the coin. <laughs> let's see. I wrote the Jets against Char. Char. Chargers. Chargers. Because yes. there's 50 LA teams. Okay. I can't just put LA. 
Uh, anybody uh, want to take the Jets? Is this the week? No. Those Chargers and no, they're they're no. Justin Herbert's going to win this. The week. kid's going to get a, uh, get his third win. Yeah. All right. Anybody? Yeah. No. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Pete. I should have put that in, <laughs> but I made up the <laughs> but I made up the chart. I could have put the C in there. All right. <laughs> Let's see what the coin says. Coin says heads, which is the home team. And so we all we're all betting on the Chargers. Everybody's taking the Chargers. Casey and the Raiders. You go first. This one. Yeah. Um, Raiders are looking good. Chucky is um, having reason to have that smirk that he has, but I don't think they're going to do it twice in a row. I think Casey understands that. They got a lot on the line, whether they can lose or not, or can afford to, I should say. So uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the boys in red over the boys in over the silver and black. I uh, I have to agree with you. There's Raiders aren't sweeping the the Chiefs this season. So no, yeah, that's gonna, pretty gonna, it's not going to happen. Yeah, the Chief, Chiefs are going to win this game. In fact, I think the Chiefs are going to go in there, and I think you're going to I, I think you're going to see the best Chiefs performance of the year. Right. Whatever the spread is, Chiefs are winning. Definitely take the over. Take the over. All right. All right. And the coin says, coin says heads. Coin likes the Raiders. Coin likes the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, why not? What does the coin know? They yeah. picked the Jets two weeks in a row. This is Stupid true. Coin. This is true. All right. Uh, the uh, another uh, the uh, Rams barn burner. Another barn burner. The Rams at Tampa Bay. Rams uh, and Tampa Bay. What did How we you... say last week? Tampa Bay should win this one. Going away, right? Yeah. No, they, mm. Well, I, well I, they did last I, week. It was the week before. Right? The week yeah, two weeks yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, Harry, you're up first. You got to pick I, one. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucks at home. I think uh, this team is gelling a little bit, and I think they've got enough. I, got, I think they have enough to beat the Rams. I'll agree. Yeah, um, that's that's a consensus. I think the uh, I think the Bucks get a win here. The Rams are gonna. It's gonna be a good game. The Rams are gonna be a good tough. game. Rams are the defense is gonna be tough. Uh, Brady's gonna have his his work cut out for him, but the uh, the Bucks are gonna win this game. Yeah, I don't uh, it, look look for go. Mike Evans. Look for Mike Evans to have a good game since Antonio. Since the, after that first week with Antonio Brown, do, have you noticed how much Brady's targeting Mike Evans? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see what the coin says. Coin says tails. Rams. So going for the Rams. Coin's going against the three of us. The coin, well, listen. Watch the coin pick up a game. Anything <laughs> anything can happen in this league. So there we go. There's our picks. I'll post them, I don't know, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> That'll work. Maybe maybe after maybe after the uh <laughs> Thursday night game. Who knows? Before oh, yeah. I think I posted them. Yesterday, you know, this could be the week where the coin passes me or ties me because there's these these games could all kind of, with the exception of maybe the Jets, yeah, these games are all well. You and the kind coin, of toss ups. You and no the coin intended. only only agree on one game this yes. week. Yes. So, uh, so there we go. So if the Rams, the Raiders, and uh, Seattle have good games, uh, you might fall. Fall below at the least, coin. For, at least for the week, you'll be beaten by the coin. There you right. go. There you All go. right, there it is. There you go. Beaten by the coin. There you go. All right, cool. 
All right, that brings us to this week's segment of Top 10 Lists. Shall we do our Top 10 Picks this week? Yes, Top 10 70 Sitcoms. <laughs> top 10 70 Sitcoms. <laughs> are, are there 10? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's definitely 10. Without top 10 70 Sitcoms, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, we're, uh, we're going to do top 10, uh, top 10 Wide Receivers in NFL History. So um, why don't I kick it off? What do you think, guys? Should I kick sure, it off? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and kick it off. Kick I'm gonna it. kick. I'm gonna kick it off. We're gonna start with number ten this week, folks. We actually do not have a tie for for tenth place. We actually have an, uh, somebody on their own in tenth place. So I will kick it off with none other than Megatron, folks. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was drafted in the first round with the second overall pick in the 2007 draft by the Detroit Lions. Played his entire career with the Lions. Um, tons of highlights. I mean, he was uh, three-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro in uh, 2010, six-time Pro Bowler uh, straight to 2010 through 2015. He was a member of the 2010s All-Decade team. He was a two-time NFL receiving yards leader in 2011 and 2012. Tons of accolades. I mean, it just goes on and on the list. Receptions leader in 2012, uh, receiving touchdowns leader in 08. Uh, he just... Uh, it, his his numbers are are, are crazy, and um, you know on on uh, in December I'm sorry in December 2012 he broke Jerry Rice's single season record of uh, 1,848 receiving yards and finished the uh, 2012 season with 1,964 yards, an average of almost 123 yards per game. <laughs> Insane year, crazy 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 receiver. So that's it. What and do you he's think, number guys? ten, and he's number ten. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, his, his career, he, there he is too. He, folks, quit. Right there. <laughs> he, he, him and it must be something with the Detroit uniforms, but he definitely retired way early. Yep. I think if had he continued playing, there was a chance. I, I thought he, he was the only guy I could ever see passing Jerry Rice if he kept playing. Oh, he, he, I, I think he would have definitely easily passed Jerry Rice if he kept playing. He's just an amazing player to watch play. And I think you're right. It's something with Detroit, <laughs> you know. Uh, they got to get out after a certain season, but I mean, he was having he was having issues. His, yeah. his body his body was done playing. He was he was uh, he was saying, yeah, it's 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 time. But yep. uh, yeah, crazy good player. Crazy yeah, crazy good, player. incredible, incredibly physically gifted, and you know, a guy that a prototype for just throw it up there and let him go get it. And, so, and he did you know, every time. And he did right. And he did. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you could you say uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, megatroned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that hail mary, yeah, yeah I was gonna, I was gonna say Calvin Johnson led the ABA in rebounding in 2010 as well. But he, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's use that as a verb now. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins megatroned it. He uh, megatroned yeah. it. Yeah. I like that. Or did or did he Hopkins it? Uh, yeah, Hopkins it. Well, that's later. Hop, hop next, Hopkins it. The next guy will uh, Hopkins. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, number ten. Uh, let's uh, let's go to number nine. Uh, Pat, why don't you give us number nine? Number nine is Lance Ulworth, also known as Bambi, who started with the San Diego Chargers in both the AFL and the NFL when they uh, joined leagues and then ended his career with the Dallas Cowboys. He won a uh, an AFL championship early on with the with the Chargers, then won a Super Bowl championship later with the Dallas Cowboys. In fact, he caught a touchdown pass in that Super Bowl. Uh, he only caught two passes. In the Super Bowl win, but he says they were the two most important receptions 
of his career. He had, I mean, he was one of the guys, he was probably the first standout wide receiver, you know, when the game really started to open up, when you right. started to see a little bit more of a balance between running and passing, he was literally head and shoulders above most other, I, I would say all receivers. And for somebody to, to, to have over 10,000 yards and 85 touchdowns, primarily playing in an era where the balance of run to pass was definitively skewed to the run. This guy was amazing. Uh, he, here, here, here's some things that I, I think are really interesting. He was, he, he had most, the most games with 200 plus receiving yards. He was the fastest to 5,000 career receiving yards, the fastest to six, seven and 8,000 career receiving yards. He had the most receiving yards in the first 50 games most receiving yards in the first 75 games, most touchdown receptions, uh, and, and most consecutive seasons with 11-plus TD receptions. He did that, he did that four times. Um, just a, kind of a groundbreaker. Not a lot of people really remember him because he, he did sort of play uh, most of his time in the AFL and then you know most of his career with the Chargers. But uh, it was nice to see him end his career uh, playing with Roger Staubach and winning a Super Bowl, but certainly a groundbreaker and one of the uh, those players who was just beautiful to watch. I mean, obviously it was before our time, but watching game film of this guy is just he was he was really really graceful, he was. And just an incredible route runner. Well, here you go, number nine, Lance Allworth. Yeah, good job. Right. Why don't you bring us to number uh, eight there, Pete? All right, number eight. Um... Maybe not the original jerk, but certainly one of the best in league history. Uh, the guy that you love to hate and who seemed to make it um, one of his goals in life to just be a nemesis for your New York Giants. Absolutely. That's you why loved I left him. him off my list. Yeah. You, you, you loved him or hated him with San Francisco. You hated him with Philly. You hated him with Dallas. Uh, Terrell Owens. Um, Six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro in the Hall of Fame. There's uh, a picture for you. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. I didn't, uh, I didn't give you the Cowboys pictures. <laughs> yeah, that well, that was a yeah, that was a moment when even I hated him. But of course, when he was on my team, I loved him. Um, over his career, fifteen years, I believe. Um, let's see, two hundred nineteen games started. 1,078 receptions, just shy of 16,000 yards, and 153 touchdowns. He had two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, he was just as unstoppable uh, at times as anybody in the game. And, um, he, you know, just despite his antics, he was anybody would have taken him on their team. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not the Giants, but uh, most people did too. He was on like. Uh... Yeah, well, listen, he I think he played with Buffalo and Cincinnati late in his career and right. uh, actually had kind of a productive season with Cincinnati, but they really didn't have anybody else to throw to. But, um, again, just a guy that chafed almost everyone around him, uh, but an undeniable talent and yeah. really one of the one of the all-time receiver divas and deserving of, uh, of everything that comes with that title because he was just that damn good. And he far, far less the rests. Uh. Far less. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he did. He didn't. He didn't attend his uh, pro his uh, uh, 
Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, in, induction, did he? No. And no. He, uh, he boycotted it. I He should have sent a Native American. <laughs> like uh, like uh, Woody at the Oscars or Marlon right. Brando at the Oscars. Somebody, yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, crazy, crazy. Yeah, well, you know what? Absolutely. Uh, he, he, his yeah, numbers... I mean, per- personality aside, I mean, I, I think I had him highest on the on, on the list of anybody. You had I mean, him he, higher than, well, I, you had him higher than me because yeah. he would have slotted in around 11 or 12 for me, so he, he didn't yeah. make my list. So. Yeah, but, I think uh, I had him at seven. Maybe. Yeah, I think I had him at four or five, but he, his numbers are and, – and, you know, people remember him with Dallas, I think, because – it's Dallas and it was it's a much Dallas. higher profile. Right. right. But he was really, he really carried that 49ers team for a while there. He definitely did. And you know what? I mean, my, my, my favorite footage of him though, was news conference after, uh, after the Cowboys lost to uh, the giants in the divisional game in, uh, right. in Oh seven, you know, talking about Romo. It's my cat. It's my quarterback, man. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, Feelings aside, his numbers were great. He was he was just a really good receiver. He really was. And and yes, I guess deserving of the list wasn't on mine, but yeah, he uh, yes. he, he should be on there in some form or facet. So and, and as a as a uh, as an announcer and a commentator, he makes Keyshawn Johnson seem like Charlie Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought uh, isn't that the new uh, team uh, uh, team right. up? Uh, the Keyshawn Johnson and Charlie Rose show. It's a new NPR. Yeah, actually, it's Keyshawn Johnson and Terrell Owens on uh, All Things Considered on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's well, they're bringing back uh, Crossfire. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're going to put the, put those two guys on. There. Put those That's two right. guys in Crossfire. That should be that should prove to be interesting. Throw Prosco Burris in there, and you got a great show. Yeah. <laughs> Crossfireer. Just make sure you have a metal detector. It's like crossfire, <laughs> only with more er. fire, more er, or more. Er. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we don't want to invite Plexcovers to anything with crossfire, and it's, <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's show up. Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. That's not what we meant, Plex. Yes, uh, here, please, put, please put on your steel-toed <laughs> boots and sit, sit over here. <laughs> I gotta love it. Anyway, number eight, Terrell Owens. All right. I'll take number seven on that note. Folks, number seven is Mr. Chris Carter. Mr. Chris Darren Carter. That's his name. I did leap out the uh, middle name on the other one. Chris Darren Carter. Chris Carter was uh, was uh, drafted in the supplemental draft in uh, 1987, round four, uh, by the Eagles, folks. He, uh, you, you remember him on the, uh, on the Vikings, but he was, uh, he was drafted by the Eagles in the supplemental draft. And there he is right there. Um, he was an eight-time Pro Bowler once he got to Minnesota. He had a couple of decent seasons, you know, not not so much his rookie year, but he had a couple of decent seasons. He played for three years in, in Philly, and then in 1990 he went to Minnesota for 12 years, and that's that's where he shined. Uh, just an insane receiver. Eight-time Pro Bowler, eight years in a row, 93 through 2000. He was two-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro in 95, in 99, he won the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Uh, he was the NFL receptions leader in 94. Uh, three-time NFL receiving touchdowns leader in 95, 97, and 99. Part of the NFL uh, 1990s All-Decade team. And uh, his, uh, his number uh, 80 in Minnesota is retired. He's part of the uh, Vikings Ring of Honor. And, uh, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Didn't make it. The, uh, the first couple of years. Uh, actually, I think it was four or five years took him to get in there. But he, uh, he eventually did. 
Um, and, you know, there was a couple of us. There's some criticism as to why he didn't go in his first or second year. But uh, just just crazy, crazy good numbers. Uh, again, you know, he he uh, uh, he uh, had some injuries, too. And then he, uh, he came out of retirement, basically, um, in uh, October. He, uh, when he left Minnesota, um, he uh, tried out for a couple teams, um, then came out of retirement in uh, October of 2002 and joined the Miami Dolphins for the rest of that year and had a few good games. Didn't catch a lot of balls, uh, didn't have a lot thrown to him, but uh, but did make a statement enough to, uh, you know, bolster his numbers. He just was he, – he was fun to watch too. He really was. He's kind of Mr. Consistency. Yeah. You know, and great hands. Great, great hands. Uh, probably for future generations, a guy who is not as well-known as he should be and sort of underrated, but uh... – no denying his talent. The, the Vikings have had some good wide receivers over the history of their t- team. I mean, you, you look at him and Ahmad Rashad and Randy Moss, and they've they've that's a pretty good uh, it's a pretty good list. Yeah, so that's a nice trio right there. Yeah, if they could have only had a time machine and had them all play at the same time, <laughs> that would have been nice. That would been really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he was part of that, uh, part of that, uh, run for the Vikings. I mean, they, they were relevant. The Vikings were relevant uh, yeah. through, throughout the nineties and he was a big part and parcel of it, no matter who yeah. the quarterback was. I mean, they, they went through, they ran through quarterbacks, uh, uh, throughout that time. I mean, he was, he was one of the main consistent players. Uh, I mean, I think at one point Jim McMahon was, uh, was the quarterback of the Vikings, uh, you know, and, uh, was it 93, maybe 94, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, 90, I, I remember sitting at, uh, you know, Giants game uh, in Giants Stadium back in, I think it was 97. And uh, Giants had the game won, and the Vikings just stormed back. And, he, you know, he was part of that game, and they, they, they won. Vikings won by a point. Uh, <laughs> it was not I was not a happy camper. No. Uh, in fact, I think you were there that day with me, and it was not a, it was not a pretty, you know, it's not a pretty sight no. for me. <laughs> no. So. It's almost as bad as uh, Flipper Anderson running through down the corridors of Giants Stadium. Yeah, that, oh, that was one of my favorite memories. That was that was actually that that one edges out the Vikings game for me. Yeah, though, uh, Harry. So. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, in any event, there you go. Number uh, number seven, Chris Carter. Uh, why don't you take uh, why don't you take number uh, one, number six there, Harry? Number six is Don Hudson, who might might I think he probably also wind up maybe in the top ten NFL players of all time. Uh, played for the Packers really early on in 1935 to 45. He was also a coach from 44 to 48. So in his last two years, he was also an assistant coach and a player. He, for most, a lot of his career, he played offense, defense, and special teams, as a lot of people did back then. But he he had 488 receptions, almost 8,000 receiving yards, 99 touchdowns receiving. He also had 30 interceptions and was the kicker. And uh, he was a three-time NFL champion, an eight-time All-Pro, two-time NFL Most Valuable Player, uh, eight-times reception leader, seven-times receiving yards leader, and nine-time receiving touchdown leaders. So here's, I think, what really stands out is that he was he was the NFL 1930s All-Decade Team. And then he was the NFL's 50. 75th and 100th anniversary all-time team. Yeah. I mean, talk about uh, somebody who 
revolu- was part of those Green Bay Packers teams that revolutionized the game. Uh, the, the, those numbers are incredible. For ninety, almost a hundred touchdowns in a ten-year or eleven-year career back then, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Those, while, those... while playing defense and kicking. Yeah, and right, and oh, by the way, I'll be an assistant coach as well. Right, that's like Bugs Bunny first base, Bugs Bunny second base, right. Bugs Bunny. Th- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, those 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 old time players. I mean, they just they they played every way they possibly could. They didn't want to leave the field. No. They really didn't. They just wanted to keep playing. All this yeah. with a leather helmet on. And what, yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, look yeah. I mean, picture. just look at that picture. Look at that picture yeah. again. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how he played the game. You yeah. know, no yeah. face mask, leather helmet. Yeah, he was the opposite of the uh, of the what, what we're seeing today and with receivers. Yeah, imagine asking Antonio Brown to play safety for a few. <laughs> uh. Well, he might do it. He's he's insane yeah. enough that he might he, do it. But he play it for the other team. Yeah. <laughs> uh. There you go, folks. Number six, Don Hudson. Don Hudson. Pete, why don't you uh, bring us to number five? Number five is, um, I can't say he was underrated, but um, sort of quietly great, I guess you could say. Uh, Of course, he had a quarterback thrown to him for a lot of years who got a lot of attention to Peyton Manning. It's Marvin Harrison, of course, I'm talking about. Uh, Of the Colts, his entire career, actually, I think was how many years? One, 12, 13 years? Yeah. Um, Just crazy, crazy good. Again, a model of consistency. Uh, 1,102 receptions, 14,580 yards, uh, 128 touchdowns. He was the go-to guy for uh, Peyton Manning in, in the heyday. Uh, only won one Super Bowl, unfortunately, but he was an eight-time Pro Bowler and a three-time All-Pro, as well as a, a, a member of the Hall of Fame and the All-2000s team, the Hall of Fame All-2000s team. Um, one of the few guys who played his whole career with the same team, beloved and part of a really, what I would say one of the more outstanding receiving tandems in NFL history, uh, along with um, Harrison and Reggie Wayne. And of course they had one of the great quarterbacks and Peyton Manning throwing to him. But um, Marvin Harrison, uh, if you wanted to sort of have a prototype for the sometimes spectacular, but mostly just sort of a, workman go about his job and get it done well receiver that's marvin harrison you can't find a better role model than that yeah he was he was he was really fun to play fun fun to play he was really fun to watch when he played uh a uh you know that that connection you know when when whenever whenever uh Peyton manning dropped back uh and and you know it was going to be a, a long throw you knew damn well marvin harrison was getting the ball and you just wanted to see not not if he caught the ball, how he caught the ball. Yeah, that, that was exactly it. You knew what was going to happen. Right. Uh, and you were still amazed that it happened and how it happened. And no matter right. what, you know, defenses did, yeah. uh, it was still happening. And that, that was really the joy. You were like, well, we know what's going to go on here, but let's watch it unfold. And it was usually pretty, pretty amazing. Exactly. Crazy, crazy. But... Uh, I I always like watching them. What about you, Harry? Do you like uh, watching Mr. Marvin Harrison? Yeah, I mean, I think a number of the receivers that played on the Colts during that era were are kind of underrated. I think they fell into the shadow of Peyton Manning. But you, know, you look at what Marvin Harrison did, and 
he, he's certainly deserving of the spot on this list and one of the best. I mean, he was he was also clutch. It seemed like when the game was on the line and Manning really needed to hit, go to somebody, he was definitely his go-to guy. Oh yeah, yeah, and and yeah. it was gonna it was gonna be uh, it was gonna be a completion. You didn't really have any doubt. No, you really didn't. And just talk about a, a just played the game. Never heard anything out of him. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever heard him talk, but I'm not uh, sure he has. Yeah, so the first mute ride receiver on the list. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one one of I'm glad he made our list because I, I think he's an easy person to overlook. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree. Number five, Marin Harrison. There you go. All right, I'm going to take number four. I'm going to take number four. And we're going to we're going to jump into looking at Mr. Steve Largent. Steve Largent, Mr. Stephen Michael Largent, to be exact. Uh, he was drafted in uh, the fourth round of the 1976 draft. Uh, it's the 117th pick overall. But it wasn't by the uh, Seahawks, though. It was by the Oilers. Houston. Houston drafted him. He went to Seattle. Uh, he was only on the uh, practice squad. He got cut. And then Seattle picked him up. Uh, he was on the Seahawks from 76 through 89. And if you recall back, uh, you know, if anybody's watching, who recalls back to Seattle back in 76. They weren't uh, they weren't much of a team uh, back then, but uh, they they started coming around, and Steve Largent was part and parcel of that come you know that uh, that rise there. Uh, he was just uh, just again another amazing wide receiver to watch play. Uh, seven time Pro Bowler, seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty one, and then eighty four through eighty seven. Um, his first team All Pro in eighty five, four times <laughs> four times second team All Pro. Uh, he was NFL Man of the Year in eighty eight. Uh, he was a two time uh, receiving lead, receiving yards leader in um 79 and 85 uh he uh was part of the 100th anniversary all-time team uh part of the 80s uh all-decade team and uh yeah it just he's uh, seattle ring of honor number 80 retired he's got, he won the bart star award in 89 just so many so many different things but afterwards uh he uh he got into uh he got into politics and he was a member of the house of representatives uh from uh, oklahoma uh, for uh for uh oh eight years so uh he uh, he had a, a another career after his great wide receiver career but uh yeah i was uh, that was always fun to watch uh when, whenever you know in in this area of the country anyway uh whenever there was a seattle game and it usually meant that they were playing either the giants or the jets or it was a it was a national game with the cowboys or Steelers or something when uh you know and back then too Seattle was in the AFC uh, they weren't an NFC team uh, when yeah. they played um so it was uh even even less because you got a lot of NFC games in this area but uh yeah whenever you whenever you watched him play he was fun to watch run around the field uh, it was a really good wide receiver and uh he was uh right about there on my list right right where uh, right where he falls number four yeah I, I think like probably a lot of people on these lists over the weeks I think when he retired he held just about every receiving record there was um if you think about seattle players you know the famous players right we think about largent mm-hmm. probably zorn jim zorn yeah definitely. right and, and and not necessarily for greatness but just the guys that we kind of knew sure you know Mar- largent and zorn were a hell of a Margin and yeah. zorn and you know maybe for dubious reasons Bosworth <laughs> might be. Brian, I mean, that's Brian the other Bosworth name that man. kind of comes to me. <laughs> uh, but Largent was certainly, you know, he was kind of the the face of that franchise, and yeah. maybe the only person or the only thing that a lot of the country kind of knew about uh, 
about Seattle, but yeah. everybody knew how good he was. Yeah, exactly. It was a it was a fun time in football. It's a fun time now, but uh, back then it was it was it was a little more gritty. And uh, and guys like Steve Largent were 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 part of uh, making it making it fun back then. So yeah, yeah. And, and and to think you know these guys played for years. Yeah. At a time like we talk about how untouchable. You know how how much is skewed in favor of the offense now, and how the defense is handcuffed in so many ways. Sure. You know these guys were getting beat up; they were getting oh. pounded uh, with regularity. But you know they were just they were out there, yeah. game after game, week after week, year after year. The guys today got beaten, pounded like guys back then got beaten, pounded. You wouldn't see them last; their careers lasted more than three or four years. Yeah, there'd, there'd be a lot of shuffling off the practice squad. Yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. Yes, yeah, Seattle had some good teams back then. I mean, they had the other Kurt Warner too. Is that that was kind of the trio of Zorn, Largent, and Kurt Warner, the running back, who I, I think was like a three or four time Pro Bowler. Right. Um, they had a pretty good offense. You know, they were fun to watch. Was, yeah, and uh, kind of, and, and it was. If you didn't necessarily have any skin in the game as far as any particular game that they were in, you, if they weren't going against your team, who wouldn't root for Seattle, right? They were exactly. you know, sort of a hard luck franchise. And, they didn't and the best uniforms. And good uniforms, too. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. All hail the water chickens. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and just, just as an aside, too, in 1989, Steve Largent became the first Seahawks player to win the Steve Largent Award. Anyway. I think it was fixed, though. <laughs> Is that is that is that called patting yourself on the back? Then? I guess so. There was a uh, box of ballots that disappeared. He won it. I, I, I think they inaugurated that award that year and gave it to him, obviously, because he retired. But I just yes. love how it was mentioned. Largent became the first Seahawks player to win the Steve Largent. That's <laughs> good. And he still yeah. has the trophy. And I, I can't think of anybody more deserving. All the Absolutely. following winners, they don't get to hang on to the trophy. Yeah. Like, the no, most, no, it's mine. It's mine. The most, the most recent winner of it uh, was. Uh, was uh, Russell Wilson, and he won it the last two years in a row. Um, Cam Chancellor has won it. Richard Sherman won it. Earl Thomas won it. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, Kurt Cobain won it in '91. Yeah. I think back back in uh, back in '03, the uh, Seahawks quarterback in '03 won it, and that would be Mr. Trent Dilfer. Uh, do I say it again? No, I'm not going to say. It. No. <laughs> yeah. Dilfer. All right. Anyway, didn't he win a Super Bowl too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna go there, aren't you? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't make our top ten though. <laughs> he didn't make our top ten. No. <laughs> All right, number four, Steve Largent. Why don't you take number uh, uh, number three there, uh, Harry? Number three is Larry Fitzgerald. I think the first one on our list who's still currently playing. Is that am I correct there? Uh, yeah, the only one. On yep, the only one on our list. I mean, I think you know, obviously, if Larry Fitzgerald is still making an impact in this league, but he, he, he's one of these guys who I think was talk about the face of a franchise. I think he's been the face of the, the Cardinals for, for a really long time here. 11 time pro bowler, uh, over 17,000, <clears> excuse me, receiving yards, 120 touchdowns. And that's before this year. So I'm sure those numbers have gone up. Uh, he just continues two times NFL reception leader, two times NFL receiving touchdown leader, he was part of the NFL 100th anniversary all-time team, and you know when all is said and done, he's one. He's one of maybe a handful of people who you could who you can maybe make a case against who's going to be our inevitable number one, uh, and kind of a stand-up guy. He's 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 he was grinding and out on Cardinals teams for a long time there that weren't necessarily world beaters, right. um, but. He just he's he's had a long career. 
he's been playing since 2004 and he continues to just be one of the best ever uh, in the game. And he's a minority owner of the Phoenix Suns. I'm not sure that's something to write home about. Maybe not as good as the Steve Largent Award, but um, interesting nonetheless. Absolutely. I thought you were giving all those numbers before. I thought you were going to say, instead of saying, and that was up, that was not including this, I thought you were going to say, and that was just this year. Just this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now listen, don't sleep on the Suns. <laughs> don't sleep on the Suns. As, uh, as Tony Kornheiser says, they're two years away from being two years away. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. But uh, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, I think uh, you know one one of one of the best ever and a surefire Hall of Famer. He's definitely uh, he's definitely solidified that uh, that that place on there. I think it's going to be yeah, I mean, like like we said before. There's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be a lot of players, and you can and that can hold true for any list. You know, there can be uh, there can be a, a, any list we've done so far. There can be players that are going to uh, yeah. supplant on anybody on the list. But I don't think uh, th- it's going to be tough for any one of them to crack the top four or five. So I, I think, uh, you know, on our list anyway, uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald's pretty well settled in at yeah. the number three spot for, for a long time coming. So, I mean, the one thing that you, that we're seeing on the, on this list is that these guys, everybody on this list has, have had pretty extensive careers. And there's some, sure. there's some receivers right now, whether it's the Tyreek Hills of the world or, or whoever that are having great seasons. And obviously the passing numbers and the receiving numbers yardage wise, touchdown wise are continue to go up. Right. But let's see if they do it for 12 years. Let's see if in their year 10, they're, they're able to transition to the number two receiver and contribute. Right. Let's see what, you know, they're really able to do long-term. I think there, but the potential for there to be four or five people on this list based on the receivers that are currently in the league. I don't, I don't doubt that. But yeah. It, 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 it's a crazy good list, and and I'm happy he's at, he's where he is. And I think I think we were pretty much in in uh, in lockstep there with uh, our number three and two and one for that matter. But, yeah, uh, I, th- I think we all well, we certainly all had Fitzgerald in the top three or four, right. I believe, so, and deservedly so. Yeah. And and a guy, I mean, a guy you kind of want to win. Yeah, you know, you again, unless your unless your team is a direct rival, yeah. who and, doesn't and, root for Larry Fitzgerald? Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Number three, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Why don't you take us to number two there, Radio Pete? All right, number two, the big man himself, uh, Randy, and I'll throw in his middle name, Gene, with a G. Randy Gene Moss. Randy, uh, Gene, Randy <laughs> nickname, Gene Moss. The Freak. Uh, of course, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Hall of Fame, six-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro, on the Hall of Fame All-2000s team. Uh, comeback player of the year in 2007. Uh, no Super Bowls, though. Nope. But um, could you say about Randy Moss, he was an unrivaled talent? I think you could say that. There really uh, is there anybody who's quite like Randy Moss? Probably not. No. So T.O. comes to mind. T.O.'s pretty close, but if you had to pick. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd pro- I mean, if, if you were building a team. Even though he doesn't come in number one on our list, I think you could make a case to take Randy Moss over even maybe like a Jerry Rice. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, quick numbers, 982 receptions, 15,292 yards, 156 touchdowns, uh, 15.6 on the receiving average. Um, pretty good numbers. Uh, talk about a guy who goes up and gets it. Incredible speed. 
And yes, the knock on him, he took plays off. Didn't always give it at all if he if he was not involved in the play, if he was not the target. Uh, but still an undeniable talent. Um, great seasons with uh, Minnesota, of course, and then had a couple of years with Oakland, and we remember him probably best uh, with New England. I think, was it 50 touchdowns that Brady threw to Randy Moss? Sounds about right, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, one of those, one of those four, years. Four, that, 49. 49, there you yeah. go. Um, so, I mean, just an incredible talent. There really was no one quite like Randy Moss, and I would say yeah. there hasn't been anyone quite like him since then. Um, so despite the knocks against him, I, anybody would take Randy Moss on their team if you were starting a team today. I think right. that's I will I will say that without fear of contradiction. And yeah. and you know what? There's there, uh, there's there's the joke. I mean, he, uh, it's not even a joke or whatever. An award that he gives, you know, when he's when he's commentating or whatever. You've been mossed, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there's but there, there's a reason for that, you know. He he th- those catches that he gives those uh, those uh, phrases out to. Uh, that was him, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That. I mean, if, if he wasn't burning you with his speed and getting open right. and, or he wasn't throwing a double move on you and getting open, right. even if he was double covered or triple covered, then, well, then you just throw it up there anyway and he'll go get it. So he'll there really wasn't, you know, there wasn't a situation where um, you would say you wouldn't throw it to Randy Moss. And in many, other than a guy standing wide open, on, let's say the other, side of the end zone, there really weren't right. too many situations where that wasn't your best passing yeah. option, even right. if he was covered. I would say him, him and Calvin Johnson were those two guys who you could just throw it into the corner of the end zone and somehow they're going to just come down with it. Just they, their athletic ability and their size was just fast, tall, uh, and great hands. Right. I'm glad, he, I'm glad he went with you've been mossed, though, instead of his middle name. You've been gened. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hold the same, you know. Well, if he comes out with a with a line of um, dungarees, then you can just say dungarees. I did. I did because I didn't want to say jeans because his slogan would be dungarees. Ladies and gentlemen, for, for anyone who was born after 1970, dungarees <laughs> are what our grandparents called jeans. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah our parents might have mentioned dungarees too. Well, I didn't want I didn't want to use the word jean because <laughs> I understand where he was going. Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> impressed with the dungaree <laughs> reference. I'm not listen. I'm, I I worked yeah. in an oldie station for a number of years. Right. Yeah. I think I I can't remember the artist, but dungaree doll I believe was the song. Dungaree. Now it would have been a much yeah. better middle name, Randy Dungaree Moss. Randy Dungaree. <laughs> Oh, that would have been great. You've been dungareed. <laughs> that would be good. That would be classic. Yeah. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring back dungarees. Dungarees. Bring dungarees. back dungarees. Well, everything's everything old is new again, right? So I gotta go to Costco and get a new pair of dungarees. <laughs> Listen, you'll have uh, you'll have seniors. I'll go with you. That's right. I'll take a ride with you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right, God. number two, Randy right. Moss. Number two, Randy Moss. That's great. All right. Beaten uh, by the Giants. Beaten by the Giants. Beaten by the Giants. Beaten by the Giants. All right. That brings us to number one. And as if anybody had to guess who our number one player is, of course, that would be none other than Mr. Jerry Lee Rice Sr. Oh, Jerry Lee Rice Sr. Jerry Rice, folks, I, I, I've watched this guy. I, I, I've seen him play. I, I, I've been at games more than one <laughs> and watched this man play in a 20 year career uh, and almost tried to have a 21 year career too. It's just, 
just an amazing, amazing athlete this man was. I mean, he was he was drafted in the first round, 16th pick overall, in uh, in 1985 uh, by the uh, by the 49ers, obviously, and uh, and went on to uh, he had a 16 year career uh, with the 49ers. Uh, just the things he achieved. I mean, won, he won three Super Bowls. Uh, you know, in uh, you know Super Bowl uh, uh, in two in the '80s and one in the '90s, uh, he was a Super Bowl MVP of uh, of Super Bowl uh, twenty three. Uh, you know, he was two time NFL Offensive Player of the Year in '87 and in '93. He was ten time first team All Pro, ten time first team All Pro. Uh, you know, '86 through '90 90 and '92 through '96. He was a uh, second team All Pro in in the years he wasn't basically thirteen uh, time. 13-time Pro Bowler, folks. Uh, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, the the majority of his career with uh, uh, with the 49ers, he was going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, just uh, I- insane, you know. And, and it goes on, too. I mean, uh, NFL reception leader twice. Uh, six-time NFL receiving touchdowns leader. Part of the uh, 75th anniversary all-time team. Of course, he was part of the 100th anniversary all-time team. His first team... NFL 80s all-decade team, first-team NFL 90s all-decade team. You know, he was Offensive Rookie of the Year in his rookie season in 85. But uh, Sports uh, Sports Illustrated Player of the Year in 86, uh, this this guy was just, just he burst onto the scene and didn't quit. And, you know, he kept playing. He had a 16-year career with the 49ers, uh, you know, and then he went to the Raiders and, and played uh, played four good years with the Raiders, too. Um you know, finished up his career uh, bouncing around. He went to Seattle for a year, and then he, you know, tried to make it a, f- a 21st year in in Denver, but didn't didn't uh, didn't pan out. He was done. He was he was done. But a couple of a uh, couple of interesting notes, though. I mean, in he had a 274 game receiving streak. What receiver has a 274 game receiving streak? What, what, receiver, re- what receiver can even play half those games? You got to play 274 <laughs> exactly. or more. A lot of games. Exactly. He, he caught. He had twenty-two receiving touchdowns in eighty-seven. Uh, just, just, just crazy, uh, crazy numbers. Um, in in, in nineteen ninety, uh, uh, he had a two hundred and twenty-five yard five touchdown game <laughs> in in, uh, in nineteen ninety. And uh, just, just, just to give you a little background on that year for the Forty Niners, um, they were they were going for their third Super Bowl in a row. Uh, and, uh, of course, obviously I'm gloating cause they lost to the Giants in the championship game that year and the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. But, but that year, the Giants after, after week 10, the Giants and the 49ers were both 10 and 0 and, and, uh, heading for a matchup in week 11. They both, week, week 12, they both lost in week 11. Uh, and, uh, they, they met each other at, uh, at 10 and one, but it was a crazy season for even for, for, uh, you know, specifically not talking about the Giants, obviously talking about the 49ers and, and Jerry Rice uh, again that that game that was part of the 10 game winning streak that they had 225 yard five touchdown receiving uh, uh game it was crazy and then they did it again in 95 he had a 289 yard three touchdown receiving game in uh, five years later in 90 in 95 yeah. just 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 crazy crazy numbers with this guy insane the Michael Jordan of wide receivers <laughs> I mean he is yeah I mean, you know, when you think of two guards, everybody, I mean, there's some idiots who will argue, you know, LeBron or somebody else, but uh, Jerry, Jerry Rice is, is, I think when you, when you think of wide receivers, you think of Jerry Rice. Yeah. How can you not? 
I don't know. <laughs> if you Pete, don't anything to add to that, well, I mean, you know. if you have no idea what football is, then <laughs> you yeah. might think of someone else. But you could think of somebody else, yeah. But this Jerry Rice was he 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 he's the preeminent wide receiver. I mean, he just uh, uh, epitomizes what what a wide receiver is and was and and pretty much always will be. And he's he's the benchmark for any wide receiver in this league. I don't care how good any of these new wide receivers are, and and some of them are. Fantastic fantastic and 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 all the others on our list and some of the ones that didn't make it too they really were i mean you can't take anything away from them but jerry rice was just a just he's the benchmark and and you know until somebody else comes along that does what he did for as long as he did it for he's going to be the benchmark and then that'll probably never ever happen probably not, probably not. and i hate him anyway because he played for <laughs> The 49ers. He, yeah. He, he, uh, <laughs> and you guys should hate him too. He, well, we, 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 we actually beat him. We beat him. So. But, uh, he had a pretty good quarterback thrown to him. He did. He did. Yeah. It was a it was pretty a, good coach and pretty well, he good. He had a couple of pretty good quarterbacks. Yeah. Wow. Matter of fact, yeah. I think it's numbers with Steve Young were better than they were with Montana. Hmm. Uh, you know, any, any I think he had more touchdowns with Steve Young and maybe yeah. well, they threw the ball more. Right. But, you know, not like, well, forget it. I don't want Montana. I'll take Young if I'm Jerry Rice. I think you'd take either one of them. Well, he had more years with Steve Young, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So, yeah. All right, Jerry Rice, number one. Well, there you go, Jerry Rice, number one. These Good these job. lists are anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should we should do it in the reverse, you think? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe people, well, gosh, who's number one? Or just nine? take a surprise number one, you know. well that that brings us to this week's segment of old balls ah yes harry why don't you tell us who this week's old balls is this week's old balls is a gentleman who is actually on my top 10 list but did not make the final cut he was somebody who i think was ubiquitous in the 70s and early 80s when you were watching football and he's none other than john stallworth who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, part of a, maybe one of the best wide receiver duos to ever play the game together with Lynn Swan. And I think he got overshadowed a little bit with by Lynn Swan because of Lynn Swan's grace and uh, you know some of his high-profile catches and games over the years. But, but John Stallworth played for, what, 14 seasons for the Steelers, yeah. won four Super Bowls, was a three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, his receiving yards, he had almost 9,000 receiving yards at 63 touchdowns. But what really made Stallworth stand out and why I added him to this week's list is that he played on a team that was run first, was geared around their incredible defense. He did share the load with not only a really great running back, but also with a with an equally as good uh, wide receiver, but his, you know, his numbers were better than Swans. And when you look at him in total and the fact that he came up so big in the playoffs and, and in Super Bowl games, in fact, you know, some of the most memorable catches in Super Bowl history, one which wound him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I think it was the Steelers uh, win of their fourth, their fourth and final championship where he caught a 73 yard touchdown pass. He also caught a 75-yard touchdown pass uh, over the Cowboys in a Super Bowl. I mean, for somebody who was a kid, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11 years old during the Super Bowls uh, against Dallas, 
John Stallworth, he just stood out and he was a tough player who battled a lot of injuries to his feet and ankles and knees and hamstrings over the years, but still managed to play in 1984 after battling injuries, he came back and had 80 receptions for over 13, almost 1400 yards and 11 touchdowns and won the NFL comeback player of the year. So, uh, I, I don't know. He's one of these guys who, I, when I think about that era of football, there's a couple guys who jump out to me. Uh, another one's Charlie Joyner. There's a, they didn't necessarily match up to what you would see in today's statistics, yeah. but they were incredible. And again, on a team that didn't necessarily maybe threw the ball 20 times a game on, on a good game. Uh, he he wound up really putting up some impressive numbers and his ability to get in the end zone, 63 touchdowns, including really, really great games in the, in the, in the Super Bowls. Right. Um, he, he just, he's, he's one of my favorites. And I, I think one of the most, uh, you know, underrated players. And again, the Steelers have had a lot of great receivers since him, whether it's Heinz Ward or Antonio Brown. But uh, if you go back and watch some film of, of, of Lynn Swan and John Stallworth, uh, those those guys were unbelievable, and I, I just I picked John Stallworth just because I feel like he's in the shadow a little bit sometimes. He he definitely is. And that year you said too, he won on eighty four when he won the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He had statistically had his best year ever. Yeah, um, yeah started, almost fourteen hundred yards uh, receiving. Uh, he had that year, but um, but yeah, that he was. Uh, you're absolutely right, Lynn Swan. Uh, while a great receiver himself. Uh, um, just totally overshadowed uh, John Stallworth. He was, you know, he he was he was the grit behind uh, uh, Swan's flash, basically. Yeah, some um, of the acrobatics of Swan got a lot of attention, but yeah. uh, Stallworth was um, had the better numbers and was, um, you know, more of a go-to guy. No question about that. Yeah, Absolutely. and you know, he had that year in '84. I think Swan was gone by then, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, he kind of became their 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 number one target. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Hall of Famer, and this week's Old Balls, Mr. John Stallworth. Absolutely. There you go. Old Balls, John Stallworth. Old Balls. There you go. Very, very nice. All right. Well, that brings us uh, that brings us out of football. (laughs) What? Yeah. We hardly talked about it though. Other, yeah. I'm not talking. I'm not talking golf. There's, uh, no, we're not talking golf. We're not talking golf. We are talking. Uh, let, let's jump into uh, Major League Baseball just for a quick second. There's uh, a couple things going on. Just uh, just reported today, uh, Robinson Cano with the Mets uh, suspended for the entire 2021 season uh, due to uh, um, per, uh, taking performance enhancing drugs. What? Um, yeah, I mean, really? Not Cano. He wouldn't. It's hard to believe. Shock. Well, he's never done that before. Oh, wait, except for except for that other time, twenty eighteen time before that, and yeah. Well, well, well. At least you know. Look at it this way: it does save the Mets twenty four million dollars this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, and listen, he's he's proving that steroids work. (laughs) I think that argument can be put to rest. Well, yeah, because he sucked the year before, and then all of a sudden he was really good this past year, right? And so. Hmm. I wonder. That you was know, a I, bad. That was a bad deal. Sorry, that was a bad deal. And fine if he's not on the field. They got a few other guys that can 
They could be the DH. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> they don't you know need what? him. Honestly, though, it opens it up because and because we've all been saying though, like you know, uh, McNeil's need McNeil needs to play uh, second base, and there you go. Now McNeil can play second base. So. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll go from there. And he's but he, but unfortunately, he still has two years on his contract afterwards, right? Or no, one year after next year because it was been two this year. Yeah, so, but there you go. Robinson Cano is out, and and there's a lot of a buzz on the uh, uh, Theo Epstein uh, wire to uh, stepping down from the uh, president of baseball operations uh, with the uh, with the Cubs, uh, and uh, now everybody's uh, calling for him to. Uh, jump into the uh into the Mets role um but I I have heard I read a couple of things uh saying that uh, Epstein's looking to uh, uh to uh, move up if you will like uh take on a you know a president of you know team president you know Sandy Alderson's role right now he's looking for that uh or even part of a an ownership group or something like that but I say you know what if he can come over and you know he 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 brought Boston uh, a world series he brought uh, he brought uh, the Cubs after over a hundred years. He brought them a World Series, and you know, come do it, come do it for the Mets. And you know, Alderson has already said he's going to be there for a few years, and and then that's it. So Epstein can move up to his role after that and go from there. There's your uh, there's your in on there. That's that's just my take. What do you think? Well, Epstein says he wants to take a year off. Well, that's what and he's then saying. he has, well, that's what he said. And yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll take him at his word for now. But he's also said he is going to have a third chapter in baseball so right. um i think that um i certainly have nothing against sandy alderson and i guess if if epstein let's let's say he takes a year off you know uh fine but then he comes back and if he wants sandy alderson's job you, you give him sandy alderson's job and you say right. and maybe that alderson does something else and you say thanks but we're going to take the guy who uh who did you know what you just said? Took Boston and the Cubs and won World Series with them. Right. And I think Alderson would understand that. Sure. Um, so if and and if he's not going to wait a year and you know then I don't know maybe maybe you say well how about you just kind of be you know GM for a year and then you can have the job after that. Yeah. If, if he I'm won't go for that and and then and he wants to come to New York, then we you know find something else for Sandy to do. Right. Right, exactly. Nothing, so, nothing against him, but I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who's got kind of an unprecedented amount of success, sure, right, in that role in Theo Epstein. Mm -hmm. So, and boy, wouldn't it be great to have him across town, that would be so to speak, nice. from uh, from the Bronx Bombers? <laughs> I mean, that would just be you know poetry coming back, you know, with the whole the evil empire and all that stuff. Exactly. And he made good. You know, he went to Boston and said, "We're going to beat the evil empire." And he made good, so and he made good. So it'd be great. It'd be great to have him in Queens if he wants to come, whether it's this year or next year, or whatever. You bring him in. Bring him in. Yeah, him in. he's gotten them. He's gotten them closer. Twenty-seven and three now. <laughs> Twenty-seven and three. There you go. Uh, gee, uh, where where you're uh, where you uh, said? Well, maybe you know what? Maybe he winds up with the Yankees. Maybe uh, maybe Cashman wants to wants to pack it in soon. You know, Cashman's not packing it in. <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, I like well, Ryan that's Cashman, yeah. But... He's does any dead. does anybody have? Why would you lose? Why would you leave that job? Right. And why right. would Epstein take that job? I mean, they're they're a quote unquote perennial winner. So, like, what did Epstein do at that point to win the Yankees another uh, World? Yeah, Series, I don't you know? think that's kind of the the gig that he wants. Let no. me go to the most successful franchise and do what I'll you know 
somebody's done 27 other times. Right. He's, he's, good, rather, he's good at winning championships for teams that haven't won it in 50 plus years. So. Right. Yeah. Now, and listen, if he really doesn't like the Yankees, what is the better way to stick it to the Yankees than go to the Mets? Right. right. That's better than going to Boston or, you know, anyone else in the, in the, in the division, right. go to the crosstown redheaded stepchildren and help them win and help them take back the city. Exactly. Well, you know, not that we ever really had the city, but, Right. That you know, if that's part of his agenda or part of his motivation, right. there's no better place than Queens. That's a, I mean, it'd be a great fit. And it'd be a great story, it'd be great drama. I mean, we might have to spend five or six minutes less on football and talk about baseball if that happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even in the off season. Exactly. Well, <laughs> that pretty much sums up our hot stove for this week. There's not a whole hell of a lot going on. <laughs> Things will heat up as they get uh, further, but uh, let's uh, let's bring this to uh, something that's a little bit more pressing at this particular moment in time, and that would be a little NBA talk. Um, I want to start it off by announcing that the NBA draft actually started a little while ago, and uh, the Knicks have picked. Uh, the Knicks selected Obi Toppin. Not uh, Johan Porzingis, the no. younger brother of Chris Tapps? No. Nope. Yeah. I thought they were going to go that way. Who's Obi Toppin? Is that you know? This isn't a bad pick. I think he played for the University of Dayton. He's power forward, six eight. I mean, I don't know. Are six eight, two hundred twenty pound power forwards really fit into the NBA these That's days? That's what the Knicks need, right? They don't need yeah. a point guard or anything like that. Yeah, or, uh, they, they need they need a power forward, right? Yeah, just to they, yeah. Um, <laughs> what number pick was that? You know, six eight, eighth. Eighth. Yeah, okay. All right. So, well, they're they're the next. Let's see what, let's see what the let's see what the uh, the draft has brought here. We got uh, oh geez, um, <laughs> how many of these names will <laughs> I know? I could probably go over three, <laughs> three. You think? All right, I'll be honest too. Yeah. There we go. Uh, pick uh, first pick in the draft: the uh, Timberwolves, uh, Anthony Edwards. And not the, the actor. actor? <laughs> not the actor. Holy no. cow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he's got game, apparently. He's got he's game, apparently, too. right? Uh, and the uh, the Warriors had the number two pick. They pick uh, uh, James Weissman nope. uh, from, uh, uh, what you call it? Are you playing Me- uh, Memphis? Where's uh, Where's Edwards from? Edwards is from uh, Georgia. Yeah, Where? and that, that was as expected, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's Lame- what I expected. Lamella Ball went third. He went to Charlotte. Okay, him I've heard of. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> his father didn't have anything to do with not, it. No, right? not because of his basketball <laughs> playing. <laughs> so, because of uh, his uh, entry into the most obnoxious father contest. There you go. There you go. The fourth pick was by the Bulls, Patrick Williams. Uh, he was in Florida State. Okay. Uh, the fifth pick was Isaac Okoro. Uh, that would be the Cavs. Uh, he uh, came from Auburn. Okay. Uh you gotta you would bear with me on the sixth uh on the sixth pick here. Onyeka Ankangu. Ankangu. I have I have not heard of. Southern go. California. Southern California, USC, Atlanta Hawks. Uh okay. Tim. Uh the uh we'll, we'll do the top ten. Uh the seventh pick in the draft was uh Killian Hayes, uh and he comes out of France. Uh Played in France. Um, uh, I, for the for the first time this year in several years, I have not been following French basketball. 
Yes. <laughs> Point guard. And uh, I like this pick. For the Pistons? Yeah. yeah. He's no Frederick Weiss. Well, he, he could be he could be the next Tony Parker, though. There you go. He's a tall point guard, too. I mean, relatively tall at 6'5". All right. Well, there you go. And then we're, that brings us to number eight, Obi Toppin. That's uh, from Dayton. Uh, this is the first. Uh, mo- most of these drafts, gr- draft grades so far uh, have been A's, A minuses, B pluses, B's. Uh, this is the first. Uh, this is the lowest draft grade so far in the top ten. It was B minus. Uh, and that who's who's doing the grading? Uh, uh, that would be. Uh, let's see who wrote this article. Is it like the say. the ESPN experts or? Uh, yeah, it's actually it's the Yahoo Sports experts. Oh, okay, that's where I got this coming up on. But so a uh, bunch of Yahoo's grades. Bunch of Yahoo's as a C. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but but at least it wasn't a C or a, or a D. I mean, they got a B minus. But uh, his pre-draft rank was four, so he fell to eight. Uh, but are we talking so that about means, Obi? That means he's a Obi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a good pick. You know, he averaged what over? I think he averaged twenty and eight last year in yeah. college. I mean, yeah. that's he's he's pretty athletic. He's pretty dynamic. He can play defense. Right. Um, he's got a, a wingspan that uh, makes him a little taller than, you know, a little longer than what his height is. This, again, it just adds to a roster of young Knicks players who are really looking for somebody to build around. They're lo- who's going who's gonna to step up and be that star player on the Knicks? I don't know. But... Uh, well, they would, uh, they would hope it would yeah. be Barrett, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't we, know if he's we, capable of that. We've been we've been saying this for for years, yeah. yeah, and not about Barrett, but about a lot of the the next top picks. Sure. It just doesn't. They they seem to draft like where does this guy play next to Barrett? Does Barrett move? You know, I I don't know. The Knicks the Knicks are a conundrum. I I I I, I don't want to go there because it's just. It's too depressing. It's a little as depressing as the Giants are. The, the Knicks are way worse. Yeah, yes. the, the the Giants want to do a jig for. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Now I feel better about Daniel Jones when I think about the, yeah, exactly. who who owns the Knicks and what. You know, we need a new coach. So let's get somebody that was really mediocre in the '90s when defensive <laughs> basketball was uh, at its peak. Because uh... you know. Because if there's one thing all these young players want to do is play defense. Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna return to that style yeah. of play yeah, here at the Garden. We're, we're gonna hold the Golden State to 92 points, and yeah, yeah. that that's yeah. gonna bring those veterans running to play yeah. at the Garden yeah. and the yeah. storied franchise right. and the storied yeah. building and the biggest yeah. city in the world. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. Well, to to round it out, you got uh, the number nine pick uh, was uh, Denny uh, Av- Avija. Adila, Avija, Avija, there you Avija, go. Avija, yeah, Denny Avija. He's uh, he's out of Israel. Wasn't he uh, in a Star Trek movie? He was. <laughs> he Vija, Avija, Vija, 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 yeah, Vija, yeah. yeah. That was the first. He's one. Actually, he's actually the Voyager One space probe. Voyager One space. <laughs> he's actually. Come back. I, believe, I believe it was Voyager Six. Was Vija? Oh, uh, okay. In, well, you're a bigger nerd than I am. Then. Apparently, we're both. Yeah. <laughs> The nerdometer. Oh, right. Um, Although it's bad enough that I even brought it up. <laughs> Avija, that sounds like a Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Denny Avija. Um, he's he's Serbian-Israeli. Serbian-Israeli. Which... So he will yeah. kick your ass if you get in his face. True. There you go. 
And uh, and that was the Wizards, by the way, the Washington Wizards. And um, the lowest draft grade in the top 10 would be the Suns. That would be uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Um, his draft grade is a C plus, slightly less than the Knicks. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Smith uh, goes to the Suns. All right, uh, so they're... Phoenix is now two and a half years away from being two and a half years away. Right. There you go. Two and a half, two and a half years. Exactly. <laughs> and Halliburton, uh, who many were picking uh, the Knicks to, uh, many were thinking the Knicks were going to pick. Uh, he fell to 12th. He went to the Kings. Um, so, uh, who got a dra- better draft grade <laughs> with, uh, with them than the Knicks did. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, listen, not, not, I, I'm, I'm a Nets fan, so I'm looking forward to, the upcoming season, of course, right. and you know that that drama now that may be playing out with James Harden. But I, what else is going to happen in this draft that's going to make you feel good about the Knicks if you're a Knicks fan? I don't no, know. Nothing. Nothing. Just I mean, I'm surprised they didn't go for Halliburton. He's a point guard. I, I, I don't know. I, I just I, does it make you wonder if they actually have a plan going in? Oh, they don't. Or if they just kind of go, well, who's the best guy there? Or if if there's one guy who's got you know the, the whispering in the right ears, and uh, I mean, why would you not take just, a point guard if you're the New York Knicks with the eighth just, pick? It's just uh, it, it's just Tom Thibodeau and James Dolan in a room with a magic eight ball, and uh, it's, I don't think Dolan's in. Dolan doesn't. No damn, th- damn thing about well. Dolan, ha- Dolan owns the Magic Eight Ball. That's why he's in the room. Yeah, the <laughs> he gets to hold it and <laughs> he shake. Gets to it. hold and shake. He's got nine security guards making sure nobody steals his Magic Eight Ball or says anything bad about him, right. or anything bad about the Magic Eight. I mean, the Knicks. The Knicks have another first round pick to at yeah. twenty three. So <laughs> to waste. Well, I don't think this pick's bad. I just it's not what they need. Yeah. It's not what they need, but who knows? They could they could be looking at, tra- at trade. They could trade them. They could trade one of the other forwards that they've picked in the last ten years that are right. st- still on the team that uh, are mediocre at best. Yeah. You know, well, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe they're just keying on the trade rumors, and they're hoping that uh, maybe uh, Mister Westbrook uh, takes a uh, takes a trip northeast. Yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I'm not. I, I think Russell Westbrook's an incredible talent, and I and I love how he plays the game. However, I think that his shooting is sometimes suspect, and that's really what the NBA has become about. Right. But it it would be way more interesting than watching the current lineup uh, of of what of what the Knicks have. I mean, you got R.J. Barrett, okay, Kevin Knox, who was wasn't he the pick? either right before or right after uh, Barrett. Wasn't he a first-round pick, Kevin? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Julius Randle, who I think they got from the Lakers, who's their starting power forward, so I don't see this draft pick necessarily starting over him. Mitchell Robinson, who actually looked pretty good last year at times for the Knicks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., again, wasn't he also a top first-round pick? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's – Frank – they just they have this ability to to make these first round picks and they're just they never okay. really blossom they're okay yeah. so they got a, they got a whole team of okay and we'll throw in Taj Gibson and you know maybe in some other veteran that that nobody 
even knows is still playing in the league anymore. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get a vintage 90s coach and uh, hope for the best. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see where this roster gets them anywhere. They And the reason why I would say if, if Russell Westbrook is interested, then you do whatever you have to do to get him there. Because if anything that that would do, it was it is that it would reestablish New York, meaning the Knicks, meaning right. Manhattan and not Brooklyn, as a destination for free agents. And I think that's what the Knicks need to do again. Well, I mean, that's probably part and parcel or not part mm. and parcel, but a little bit of the reason why they've been so lackluster in, in, in anything because they're not attracting anybody to come. I mean, Mello was the last you know big name that they got to come to uh, come to the garden. Well, it has everything to do with the owner. Yeah. It well, but, that, but Mello didn't come because it's New York. No, I mean, I think in, he, in part he did, but he. I, I, I think he did actually. I mean, he, well, but he uh, could have gone. He could have gone somewhere else. He came he to New York because he's a New Yorker, yeah. right? And, he's, a, right, he's a New Yorker, so he kind of wanted to come, right, home, come home. And they offered yeah, to pay him a lot of money. He came to New York because it's New York, not because it was the Knicks. That's what you were saying. No, yeah, I think it, I think it's it, kind I, of. No, I think back then when Mello came, the Knicks still were a destination. I mean, they had just come up with. They got Stoudemire a couple. What was it? Two years before that. Then, yeah. then I mean, the Knicks and the Knicks had pretty good teams. I mean, people like to poo-poo Mello, but he 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 was that was those were pretty good Nick teams. It's really the end of the Mello era. Uh, I I don't know if Westbrook makes them makes other free agents want to come. I mean, who wants to play with him? I think a lot of people want to play with him. Uh, superstars? I, I, I don't know superstars though. I, yeah, although I I, I, I would, don't. I would I go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I don't see. I, I don't think Harden wants out of Houston because of Russell Westbrook. I think Harden wants out of Houston because they took his coach away, who did, who was perfect for for James Harden. No defense. Do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, here's the ball. Chuck it up, and you know, I mean, that's that. That's I think part of it. But but I think I think he was happy to have Westbrook there. I, I don't think Westbrook's really a problem. Like maybe he was. No, he's definitely mellowed. Early on, he's definitely I, mellowed. And I think he's he's. I think the why some why Russell Westbrook rubs some people the wrong way, much like Jimmy Butler, is that he's got a pretty high level of devotion and expectations. He he demands a lot, and and but that's why he's he'd be perfect for the Knicks. Yeah, right. I think he'd be good for this young group group of guys. He he would bring that toughness. He would bring that spirit that, you know, that kind of that New York attitude and you wouldn't have to settle for shooting outside because he is one of the few guys who can always get to the hoop. But but Uh, that's also the the problem with him is that he, he's not a great outside shooter, but right. But I'm saying he doesn't have to be. And, and, you know, look, players, the, the, the really great ones, they, you know, they change over time. And, And I think you're right. He has kind of mellowed as far as, as, um, uh, you know the the attitude that that always rubbed everybody. It seemed the wrong way, or you know he could he could never stay in in one place with other great players. So maybe he's ready to kind of come be a leader, but maybe a little bit more of a quiet leader. But mm-hmm. you never know. That's kind of the thing. He can oh, sort of erupt yeah. at any time. But I think, I think he would be great for the Knicks. I think he'd be good. I think he I think he would like the, the playing in New York, and I think. I think he'd probably like to be across the river from some of his, maybe two of his ex teammates yeah. and uh, trying to, trying to build something in, in New York. But uh, 
And I, I think you'd get free agents who would want to come, just maybe not anyone else who wants to be the number one. Yeah. Right. As Westbrook will be, you know, although he did look, he found a way to kind of coexist with Harden. They, you know, were, I mean, certainly last year they were just too small. The, the small ball experiment yeah. was not a success, but he did find a way to coexist with one of the biggest egos in the game in James yeah. Harden. I mean, I, I think RJ Barrett was New York's leading scorer and he averaged under 15 points a game for 14.3 points per game yeah. as a shooting guard. I mean, not look. I think there's some talent there on the Knicks. I think they're, you know, if they get Westbrook, they're another player away or two from from really um, doing anything. And, and I'm not poo-pooing Thibodeau. I think he's he can do okay, but this isn't this isn't a team made up of defensive first team all pro, all NBA defensive players who are gonna. But that is one thing Westbrook will, will give you. I mean, he'll, he'll, he's a two-way player. He's a good defensive player, and for a regular season team, he'll 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 get you some wins by himself. Yeah. So, I I would love to see it. I'd like to see any big name player come to the Knicks because it's just it's it's when we when we when Durant decided to go to Brooklyn, I think that was another. Well, there was a writing on the wall. With, I mean, it was obviously Dolan that yeah. he didn't want to deal with. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, and and again, I don't think certainly for these younger players, you know, the lure of New York, you know, the mecca and all that, it just really doesn't exist because no. they haven't been that destination for no. longer they, they, than these guys have been alive. No. Yeah, the top days. destination's L.A. and uh, yeah. and after that, it's who, who who are my friends who would, who do I want to go? Who do I want to play with? Team yeah. up with? Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean that allure and the mystique of New York, it just yeah. doesn't exist anymore for you know for these younger players. You know, they don't well, <laughs> they're. They just they don't have those that that mindset or those memories the way I mean, old folks do. Here here's a backcourt. I mean Fred Van Fleet is a free agent with Toronto, so Van Fleet and, and Westbrook that's a hell of a backcourt. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Montrez Harold is going to be a free agent with the Clippers. Gordon Hayward, you know, who knows how healthy he is, but. The Knicks could, if they wanted to, kind of put together a team here if they could take so, – because they got a lot of small forwards and power forwards that are in their – still in their rookie contracts that they can maybe, you know, package up and, and, and get rid of. And they have a bunch of veterans who are kind of role players who are not necessarily the, the personality of this team. Right. So, yeah. you know, they might be able to do something. I, I, that'd be nice. I, I – I, I could see Thibodeau coaching a, a veteran team who buys into defense a little bit more than you're going to give kids them that have never played it. Yeah, you're going to give them three years to put together a, a team with all forwards and RJ right. Barrett. Yeah. Well, right, and that's that's the other question: is how much time is he actually going to get? Right, right. he's not if, if he's stolen size and itchy trigger finger. Exactly. So it's done. it would be nice yeah. to have two relevant teams in the New York metro area. No, it would be it would be it would be great, and just yeah. You know, the flip side of it is that I really, if if it doesn't happen and Westbrook doesn't come, right. then it's time for, for Knicks fans, maybe led by somebody like a Spike Lee or, or another top personality, to say, you know what, we got to start boycotting this team. And so we force Dolan's hand to say, you know what, sell the team, put it in the hands of somebody who's a basketball person who's committed to, to winning, and let's turn the ship around. Because we just come across the river. Well, show Spike Lee sitting on the uh, sidelines well, in Brooklyn. Yeah, he'll, he'll be there. That's what, I mean. That's all. That's what it would take. 
And after what's happened in recent years at Madison Square Garden, part of me just wants to see them fail with with him as their owner so that we can... Because nothing will change until that happens. Nothing will change. Until he's uh, gone. I mean, they've already failed with him as the owner multiple times, but until he's gone, nothing's really going to change. And and, and I'm one of the biggest Knicks fans there is and lived through all of the woulda, coulda, shoulda, maybes of, of of, of past years. But in recent years, it's just... I, I just have no passion for this team and actually have I just, I've never had a ill will towards an owner of the team more so than, than Dolan. And especially with how he treated Charles Oakley. Yeah. It's just, that was horrendous. It, it's been a long time since the Knicks were relevant and I don't see that changing unless they're, they're not going to draft their way out of this. Sure. If they were able to get Zion this 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 year's draft didn't have a Zion Williamson. No, this year it doesn't right. have that player that you can instantaneously build a team around, mm-hmm. and those are rare. But that's what the NBA has become. Yeah. Uh, there's no team that's relevant in the NBA that's that's built around role players. There's no team. Um, on that note, really quick, let's just uh, get get your quick opinion on uh, the other uh, half of that uh, issue in. Houston, uh, w- what about Harden and his uh, and his ego and, and everything else joining with Durant and, and Irving in, in Brooklyn? You think that would actually work? No. Yeah. I don't think there's – maybe if you put two basketballs in play, <laughs> <laughs> then everybody might get enough shots. <laughs> Look, Harden turned down – What are they going to – I mean, 50, they score 55 points each a game. He turned down 170 something. On the turned down $100 million to stay in Houston, so he doesn't want to be there. Right. If Houston is going to, and they've got, I think, him for two more years. He's on a contract for two more years. Two years, yeah, two year contract. So if they don't, if they make a trade with the Nets and don't get, and obviously Kyrie Irving of of him and Durant would be the one who goes, um, then I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about really blowing it up in Houston, then that that would be the way to go. Let's just get rid of anybody who's anybody and start from scratch. But you would think that would have to be part of their demands, wouldn't you? They're not going to get KD. No, they're not. Uh, and certainly the Nets are going to, not going to part with KD, but no. they might be willing to part with Kyrie Irving. And I think well, why not? Yeah. Harden and KD would probably work a lot better than Harden and Kyrie. Yeah, but but is it really what the Nets want or is it what KD wants? Because, you know, may, maybe KD would work better with James Harden, but does KD well, want to play with James Harden or with Kyrie? Way- the way things are. Well, I, I, you would think you would want to play with his friend Kyrie. I think, I think yeah. he wants to play with both. But you have to remember, Kevin, look, there's one thing I will give Kevin Durant credit for. Is that, yeah, he's got an ego and I think he's I think he's got a will to win. Right. But he's able to play with other stars. He's very efficient. He's, the, he's way more of an efficient scorer than Westbrook or Harden or any of these guys who rely on multiple shots per game to get it there. He fit in really well on a, on a Golden State team that was loaded with firepower. And you had Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And, yeah, I mean, and those are two great, great shooters. Right. And, and, and he and was willing to give the ball up. He didn't always have the to, ball to up be the then, number one scorer. And before he got hurt in the playoffs, he was there. He was incredibly efficient. And he's no dummy. He's not the youngest guy in the league anymore. So if, if, if on a regular season, in a normal regular season, if he's on a team that, that somehow, if the Nets could pull it off and have Harden and Kyrie and Durant, look, 
one of them's going to get hurt at some point during the year. So now you got, you, you're always going to have a two headed monster and possibly a three headed monster. And Kyrie's the wild card here because Kyrie has had years where, okay, he's won a championship and, and shown what he can be. He's also Kyrie. Yeah. So um, if I had to pick between Kyrie and Durant or Harden and Durant, if it was only two of them, well, it's a no brainer. You take Harden and Durant. Sure. And with what the Nets have as far as young players and support, you got to remember, this is a Nets team that did pretty good with none of their They went to the playoffs and yeah. didn't do so well once there, yeah, but right. that was kind of what was expected, I would think. So, I think it's what Harden wants, and I don't think Durant – I think Durant wanted to play with Kyrie. I also think Durant is looking at what happened with the Lakers this year, what's happening with, with – what happened with the Clippers. Maybe two guys aren't enough. Right. And – and he's going, you know what? Well, especially if one doesn't show up in the playoffs. Right. Okay. <laughs> then two guys aren't enough. But, but you know, Harden, Harden didn't necessarily show up all that much in the No, playoffs. he has had something of a playoff, and, uh, and, a and I, playoff history. So, And I think he's finally realizing, okay, maybe, just maybe, I need to team up with somebody. My window is closing a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. What's Harden, 31, 32 years old? Um why not? Look, if you can bring all three of them in, if you can figure that out, uh, you'd probably have to trade every other player basically uh, on the team, but you're going to get rid of some important pieces. But when you've got those three, you can put a couple of scarecrows out there with them and, and win a bunch of games. If you can pull that off, if you can pull that off, then why not give it a shot? Right. Right. And if it doesn't work, well, then, you know, you're, you're going to have Harden for one more year, and, and then you make a decision about who you yeah. want to get rid of, or you know what you want to do. And, and but, maybe uh, why, if you can bring, if you can pull it off, why not take a shot and see? Maybe the three of them can exist yeah. together. I mean, Durant probably could have got more money going to other places. He got, a, I mean, he got paid in Brooklyn, but he could have probably gotten more money if he really wanted. Maybe, maybe James Harden will surprise you and say, you know what? It's not about the money right now. It's about I don't want to be in Houston. I don't like this new head coach. I don't like what, what what's what's happening here. We have not been able to, to put the pieces around me to really give him the help to put him over the line. Maybe maybe this is maybe this is just uh, his come to well, Jesus moment. He says, "I'll take less money for one year, two years. Let's see if we can make this work and win a championship." Right. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Where is his you know next best place to win a championship? Other than the Lakers, or, you know that's not out west. I assume. Let's say you want to get out of the West. Yeah. Well, I mean, where's he going to go? I, I, I look. I mean, I think if Harden went to Dallas, and they, and they, Miami. Well, Miami, yes and no. My, yes, I I do think Miami would be good. Boston would be another place. Boston would be a place. But, but he's no dummy. He's like, okay, who are who's the you know other than LeBron, who's arguably and other than the Clippers, because I don't think he wants to go go play with 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 uh with Kawhi. it's durant and right. and they they were this close to getting to the you know to the to the, to the finals in a championship yep. yeah that's yeah. the other thing they have some history and, and he was the sixth man back then yeah. right so there's a history there that there uh, look it would be good for the NBA. Well, it'd be good for it would be good for the, the, what, what's happening in the NBA. These kind of super teams that you kind of can already predict is going to be there. Right. Uh, I think overall, it would probably 
it would it would skew things it would skew things quite a bit, but it would certainly op op open up the West a little bit more. Well, yeah, if you can bring those two guys, if you can bring Westbrook and Harden East, then it's going to make the East relevant again. Yeah, and more so than well, geez, Miami uh, might come back. You know, they're keeping that team together pretty much, so they're going to have another shot. Um, you know, is is Toronto going to get another player or take the next step? You know, uh, it's going to bring some legitimacy to potentially a couple of, of teams out of the East, which would certainly make things yeah. a lot more exciting. Well, yeah. Toronto, Toronto's an interesting team to watch because Fred, I'm not, I, I think there's a part of Fred Van Fleet that wants to stay in Toronto, but I think he wants them to commit to, to you know, to signing in somebody yeah. else. And I, if there's any team that can do it, it's, it's Toronto, but watch the Fred, watch Fred Van Fleet. That could be the, the, another key for, for a lot of these, these these teams to, to 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 add another player that could help put them over the top, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I, only because I want somebody to beat the Lakers, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll root for Harden and Durant. I, I you know because only because I think if the Nets can keep a modicum, and I think they can because they have a lot of guys who are in their rookie contracts. Right. I think if the Nets can keep some of that depth that they had going on this year I, I think they could certainly make a run it, it certainly makes them the i think it automatically puts them as favorites in the east don't you i, I would say so i would say so yeah look at that um, some nba talk some some good nba talk some good i'm NBA excited talk. i'm excited too there's I, uh, I just hope we don't i hope we have a season even if they have to play in a, a bubble again i just hope we have a a consistent season even if it's yeah. condensed i just hope it doesn't get broken into two again right a um, couple other picks that have popped up. The 14th pick went to the Celtics. Aaron Nesmith. Oh, uh, love that Ma guy. Ma Mike Nesmith's son. Mike Nesmith's son, yes. Uh, came out of he's, Vanderbilt. He's a, he's a believer. <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't leave her, uh, even if he tried. All right. Uh, Lando Magic with the 15th pick. Cole Anthony. Greg Anthony's son. Is it? He's literally Greg Anthony's son. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Where did uh, he play? <laughs> uh, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. So I do know. I do know. Who hate him. Craig <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, one of the most underrated. Hate old Tar Heels. They're there. Forget it. There you go. Um, the uh, 16th pick went to the uh, went to the Trailblazers. Uh, uh, Isaiah Stewart. So he uh, he came out of Washington. Uh, Timberwolves got their second pick at 17. They took uh, Alexi Alexi Pokasevsky. Ah, ah, the 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 figure skater. He, he's from Serbia. Of the Serbian Pokasevsky. Hey, the, the Serbian. Serbs are uh, hell, hell basketball players. Yeah, Not the Croatian Pokasevskis. The Not Serbian the Croatian Pokasevskis. The Serbian Pokasevskis, yes. Uh, from uh, from Sikakis. <laughs> from the, yeah, <laughs> the, the Serbian section of Sikakis. Uh, then the uh, the uh, Mavs just picked, just now, uh, the 18th pick, uh, Josh Green. He's a native of Australia. He went to Arizona. Um, yeah, And the, the Nets are on the <laughs> so, clock. Who who took him? That would be the uh, Mavericks. Okay, so Dallas he's finally him. getting out of the desert. He's getting out of the desert and going to the desert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's just all, well, it's not really a desert. Just a lot of tumbleweeds. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, so I mean, yeah. Well, when you're in, in the city, you don't know it, but once you get out of the city, it's not it's not much. But Nets are on the clock. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to wait and see who the Nets pick? I mean, there could be a while. It's just no, no. Uh, no, I don't feel like waiting for anything. I don't either. No. 
And, and, I, don't you know, know, I don't know who they're going to take or anything about them anyway. So, no, yeah, that's yeah, just it's not like I'm going to either be excited or upset by the pick. All right, we'll let it go. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, that was a good show tonight. Good, good show. All right, thank uh, you, folks. We want to, have a wonderful week. That'll wrap up the show for today. I want to thank everybody for watching and for those of you listening to the audio podcast. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, please like us and follow us on our, all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live uh, with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great weekend and we will talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Have a good one. Ciao. Peace.